You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Visit PencilandPaperProductions.Podbean.com to find more great podcasts. Welcome to the Palace of Mega Pixels. This is Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo! Welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White. With me, as always, my co-host, Lacey Finley. Oh, happy Monday. And joining us this week in the Palace of Megapixels is a man with no time on his hands <laughs> and a head filled with ideas. Right? <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> now, he's a frequent contributor to geek to geek Media, as well as a contributor and host of such podcasts as the best animated shows ever so far. Too young for this trick. Featuring last week's podcast guest, Eric Slater, and even Podcasters Assemble, featuring all of us. All of us right here. (laughs) Full circle. However, his project, the Power Playthrough Podcast, is what landed him a spot right here on our show. Being a gamer and all that, you know? You know, yeah. It worked out. So please welcome. Kismet. Yeah, that's right. Please (laughs) welcome Troidal Power. Hello, friends. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Welcome on in, man. You are very good at intros. I was just listening to your conversation with Eric last week, and, and now I'm sitting over here blushing. Like, I was trying to mentally prepare myself for, like, a, a big, powerful <laughs> intro, and aw, aw. Yes. I want to make everyone feel like the work they've done is is important. And, and, it's, and you never have to lie, Stephen. No, I never have to lie. I find no. all this good stuff. I'm, I'm wanting to make sure that I'm doing justice to your stuff. Like, I'm not, you know, messing anything up or I'm not, I'm leaving something out important. Nope. So mm. I want to do right by you. I, I think, so. I think you have done very well in that regard. <laughs> I appreciate like, it. I I'm, forgot I'm, some of that stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, I do that. You started with Base <laughs> SF, the, the best animated shows ever. And I'm like, oh yeah, that show kind of exists still, sort of. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of out there. Ah, <laughs> uh, the life of a creative. I have lots yeah. of things started out there. Yeah. Waiting mm-hmm. to get it knocked back. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little, uh, I, but like you said, you were kind of mentioning, you know, before we started the show, you got, you got an infant, you got mm-hmm. a child. So, I mean, you know, that's, it's going to take a lot of your time. I personally know that very, very well. Not now, but, you know, have in yeah. the past. So I get Empathy. it. I, I, someone was asking the other day about how I get so many podcast episodes out. And I'm like, well, when my kid goes to sleep, I go record like three or four episodes in a row because then like, then it looks like I'm making podcasts all the time, but really it's just like one good (laughs) night. And then it looks like I'm really productive. Right. See, you're making use of your time. Night of sleep once a week. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's fine. It's it's, it's totally fine. I'm not tired at all right now. (laughs) (laughs) So we're, we're going to ask you and go into a little deep dive a little later. But right now, I want to ask the all-important question that we ask every week. And we're going to ask you, what have you been playing? I prepared for this because I've been playing a lot. Um, but I, I brought some big things. So I part of uh, okay. what I do with geek to geek and power playthroughs is that I'm able to actually get my hands on a lot of new games and upcoming games. So there's one I want to nice. tell you about, but I, I actually can't tell you about it. So I'll tell you about it some other time. <sighs> Dang it. Um, I okay. know the stupid red tape. I got yeah. you. Yeah. So, so I do, I've been playing a lot of, 
I've been playing a ton of games, but it's kind of like sampling a bunch of things. But the, mm-hmm. the, the things I've brought that I want to tell you about are three things that I've been hooked on. Uh, so the first is new Pokemon Snap. I am absolutely loving it. It's very good, and I wouldn't be enjoying it nearly as much except for, like, the day after I got it. My wife, Becky, watched me playing it. was like, this looks pretty fun. And I had tried to get her to play the N64 one, and she had no interest in it. And we've now been playing it almost every night. We've been playing new Pokemon Snap and just passing the controller back and forth between levels. And I was going to just... say, do you get to play now? Or I do. So, yeah, we've just been trading back and <laughs> forth. But it's, it is the most fun way to play that game, is playing it with somebody else. And we're like at the point like last night we unlocked like what's clearly going to be the final level and we're both like i don't i don't want to do it i don't want to finish the game (laughs) i know the feeling um it's it's have have either of you been playing new pokemon snap i do i haven't okay so that i mean it's almost a spoiler but it's not really but the character from the original Pokemon Snap shows up yeah. in new Pokemon Snap. Mm-hmm. I literally teared up and I was like, I am such a child that this is making me emotionally unstable right now. But I'm like, he's back and he's still he's still taking pictures of Pokemon, my friend. Uh, so that's been really fun. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And then on the complete other side of things, we've been, also been playing Resident Evil 7. And I don't. I don't do scary games. Uh, I don't do scary things in general. Mm-hmm. And my wife watches scary movies, but she doesn't really play games. Uh, she's like, you were saying last oh, yeah. week. Yeah, that like when you're in control <laughs> of it, it's no good. And, A whole uh, other story. I keep hearing how good Village is. And so I was like, I want to play Village. It sounds like it's not as scary. and mm-hmm. But I know it's a follow-up to 7, so I feel like I should try 7. And I've got a PSVR. So we tried it in VR. And like, Ooh, so you jump in with VR? I didn't even get to the point where anything happened. Like nothing scary <laughs> happened. One scary thing happened, and I literally closed my eyes. Like she's sitting next to me on the couch, and I'm wearing the headset with my eyes closed. Like, is it done yet? Can I open my eyes? Um, so then we took the headset off and played a little more, and we're enjoying it. Okay, and then I realized it's on Game Pass, and I've got the Xbox Series X. So we started over playing it on there because I was like, let's let's keep playing it. Like if she's sitting next to me, we can kind of goof on it. We were streaming it. And so I'm like, when sure. we're when we're joking about it, it's not quite so bad. Mm-hmm. Then we found out that the Xbox has this feature called co-pilot mode where we were already using two controllers because we, we were streaming it. So we I had a controller and she had a controller so we could both have headphones on. So we didn't have, you mm-hmm. know, echo from the game audio. But co-pilot mode lets you both control input one with two separate controllers. So it's an accessibility feature so that you can play with somebody who's got, you know, maybe they, they can't use their trigger fingers or whatever. So you can just be on okay. a controller for that. But what we've been doing is playing Resident Evil 7 where I'm only using my left hand on the controller and she's only using her right hand on the controller. And it's absolutely stupid. And it's oh so God, much fun to play like that so way. Oh my God, that sounds like so much fun though. <laughs> it's so good. And it it undercuts the horror a little bit because it's just so absurd because like right. something will pop up and I'm like, turn around, turn around. And she's like, ah, run this way. And we can't figure out which way we're going. Um, still scary. Still an absolutely terrifying game, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. Oh, uh, that's hilarious. I love that. It's so good. It's, it's such a dumb way to play, but it's great. Um, and then the last one, I just think it's funny because I, I signed up for Apple Arcade again. I, I smashed my phone in a car door a, a couple months back. Not intentionally. It, it was falling and I was closing the door. <laughs> Bad things happened. Um, not not a kingpin moment. Um, but then I got a new one and they're like, hey, here's three months of Apple Arcade. And I was like, oh, cool. I've heard there's a lot of new stuff on there. So mm-hmm. I set up Apple Arcade. I downloaded like 
20 games, including there's a Star Trek one that I'm really excited for. And I haven't played any of them because I started playing What the Golf again. And What the Golf is like the perfect video game. And so I just, I keep every time I'm like, oh, I should play something on Apple Arcade. I just end up playing What the Golf again. <laughs> I know that feeling that was me and Slay the Spire. Mm-hmm. It's like there's so many other games I should be playing right now, but... I decided not to play Slay the Spire because I played it for about a week and then I was like I need to never ever play this again because I just won't play anything else your life goes away man I don't understand what it is about that game but it'll suck me in and life is gone a a, a simple and I'm not good but but you don't have to be with something like that because that's the nature of of it being roguelite is that you just start over and over again there's one on, um, Mm -hmm. on Switch that I'm actually in the process of playing for a review that I like I played I played a initial episode like initial impressions episode of it called Guards mm. and like I was like this is fine but I don't know if I'm going to play enough to put, to do a review of it it's it's a little strategy tactics roguelike mm-hmm. game and I've I've beaten it and now I'm playing it on the next level of difficulty and there's three levels of difficulty and I'm probably going to play that cuz it's just it's a perfect simple little hook where it's like I'll just mm-hmm. do one more run I guess it's fine yeah Actually, the amount of time that I've put in it, I feel like I should be better. <laughs> like, I just, it is. I think mine is just patience level. Like, just, yeah. just count for a minute. Just look. There, you don't have to have it all planned out several steps ahead. Just, like, look at what's going on right now. <laughs> and think. Yeah. It's, think. The, the Slay the Spire has the same thing that Guards does of, like, when you make a mistake and then you're immediately, as soon as you do it, like, oh, oh, no, that's not what I should have done. And then it not feels like all. everything just falls apart. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like I've dodged a bullet with this game. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I have to recommend it, though. I think it's so good. I love it. I love it. But if you don't like those type of games, then no. <laughs> I've seen your obsession with it. I'm very, very aware. Hey. I finally just, beat it with the last character, or at least one wrong. Ooh. Obviously, I don't actually know how far up it goes in mm-hmm. its ascension levels. It's I think weird. Only yeah. One character to like 10. <laughs> that's it. And the other ones are still at like one. <laughs> There's so well, You haven't been game. playing Slay the Spire this week, have you? I have not. Actually. <laughs> well, what have you been playing? <laughs> I've given that a break. I fought, Well, I, I, I finished the first one of Famicom Detective Club. Ooh, mm-hmm. The girl who stands behind. Uh, and then I started the next one. Uh, I want to say I'm on chapter five or six for The Missing Heir, which is the second one. You know, I don't know how many there actually was, but from the releases that we were just given a couple of weeks ago. Um, I do really like the story. I think just the gameplay is just, I can only play for like a couple hours at a time because it really is one of those where if you don't know what to do, you have to just keep hitting all the buttons again and see if they say anything new in whatever mm. order and there's probably a hint that smarter individuals would be like oh yeah i need to go right to this one and um no not me no i'm just <laughs> like well you said a lot of things in that sentence and there's a lot of options so i guess we're gonna have to go back to the top so after a couple of hours i do tire of just constantly going okay let's go through it again and if you have more than one area to go oh my god <laughs> <laughs> there's like four people i have to go talk to now but the stories are really good, and I think I, I'm not going to judge it really because, I mean, it could be just a detriment of its time. It came out in the 80s. You know, there was only so many mechanics you had. Probably just point-click to these options, or, you know, on Nintendo, you had AB, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, you moved through it that way. So, 
you know, if it came out in today's day and age, I would expect the, the mechanics to be a little bit different. But the story itself is really, really fun. And I I just enjoy the ridiculousness I'm, of I'm curious. their style of games. With- <laughs> just do. With that feedback on the mechanics, do you think this mm-hmm. remake would have been better served by having those things updated so that it wasn't like just a graphical overhaul and instead kind of reworked the mechanics as well? I, you know, and to be fair, I didn't play the original, so I don't. Well, they know were how only in Japanese, so that would have been tough. Well, well, <laughs> sure, sure. You know, I'm not lingual that way, so it would have done me no good. Um, but so I don't know if this was added to because sometimes if there's a new option, they will put like in yellow on that okay. section for you to go to. So I don't know if that was added with it or if that was something that was original. But kind of, I think maybe. Because if you would have given just a little bit more, take out the constantly having to bully the same question over and over and over again. Because I've even found that where I've hit it once and they'll say the same thing. I'll do it again and they'll say the same thing. Sometimes the third time though, they're like, all right, well, if you're going to keep asking, then this is the thing. And I'm like, would I have known that though? Like to just keep hitting the same thing over and over again. So yes, I feel like maybe in today's day and age too, where, um, attention spans are way less than they would have been 30 40 years ago <laughs> let's be real um yeah because that's the only thing that annoys me throughout the play it's just constantly having to go back through and see which one's going to trigger a new one this time yeah. or how many times am i going to have to push it but uh the second one i feel like was better than the first okay. like i feel like they give you more of an indication on the second one when they hit like a, a specific line like okay they're just going to keep saying that one now but I haven't finished it yet, so we'll see. <laughs> but I like the stories. So just be aware. Um, have patience. If you're going to buy them and play them I'm, now if you like those types of things. I'm finally playing through the Phoenix Wright games for the first time. And so depending nice. on how those go, I might go to, to the Famicom Detective Club after. So we'll see. Yeah, I think them selling it as Ace Attorney was a little bit misleading. Uh, that's what I've heard. Is like, that you not, know, and they're, and not they're really the same. They're both visual novels, but that's about it. <laughs> right. In Ace Attorney, there's a lot more interactivity, too, especially yeah. with you being a detective and getting to do the searching around and collecting the clues and all of that stuff and then going to the court where this is just you're the detective. Sure. But that's it. That's all you're doing, yeah. you know, and you're talking to people and collecting stuff like that as it goes along and just uncovering a story, which is fun. Steven, what have you been playing? That was it. That's all I've played this week. And then I, you know, watched a lot of movies yesterday. I have played very little, but I did play a bit of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, Getting through it? I don't know what I did. (laughs) I I explored. That's all I I remember doing is just running around finding stuff. Did you just forget where you left off? No, it's just it's been one of those weeks where... You don't know where all your time has gone. Mm. And and then and at one time, you're just like, I'm going to play a game. I just I want my time. And then it mm. just... So... <laughs> the uh, all Ubisoft I remember games doing are good for that. Just, just yeah. want, what did I do for an hour? I don't know. I wandered around. I saw some cool stuff. Probably got a nice right. sword. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. I shopped. <laughs> Talked to the store manager. <laughs> I do remember playing a game of... Um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like a dice game in the game. And you're you're trying to 
I don't know how it works. It's an older you you <laughs> but roll like it's dice. a game within the game. Yeah, one of those kind of like mm-hmm. uh, Gwent and The Witcher, but it's mm-hmm. not Gwent. It's dice, and you're trying to take rocks from your opponent, and I don't know what it's called, but it's fun. I like playing it. It was a nice, relaxing little moment. I was just like, I'm going to beat this guy because I'm getting good mm-hmm. at it. I'm starting to figure it out. There you go. I get so. addicted to those too. Mm-hmm. Have y'all done an episode like a, a, a like mini game special or something like that talking about games within games because there, there's some good stuff to <gasps> dig into there we should especially if you're looking at uh with like the winter at them well they love to throw I, that in i Rockstar. recently played uh final fantasy 8 and and triple triad in that is is such a joy until the stupid mechanics of that game make it not a joy at all anymore but <laughs> so i'm gonna make a note <laughs> and <then> that way... <laughs> you're just giving them an idea <laughs> Because now got the way, target smash so. in the old Smash Brothers games, like I think that counts. It's a yeah. game. Okay. I will admit, in Red Dead, I sat around a poker game probably for way too many hours. I am did ashamed. nothing else. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting my thirty cents back. <laughs> but it's fun. They, I mean, it if, really is. If they do them right, they're so much fun. I mean, I've, I think I spent a lot of time playing. I think it was No More Heroes 2. They've got mini games where you can earn money, but mm-hmm. the the mini games themselves are so fun that I'm having fun doing this. I know I'd, I have things to do out here, but <laughs> kind of enjoying this too. This is kind of nice. Hey, we bought the game. We're allowed to play it however we want. That's right. <laughs> right? <clears throat> Lace, have you got some news for us? We got a little bit of news going on. Yeah, we got a little bit going on. I guess we may as well just start with like the whole Summerfest and E3. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a lot coming at us, it seems like, early June, because they're basically on top of each other, which mm-hmm. they might have been last year, and I just don't remember now. Like, do, I, does any of us remember dates from last year at all? Like, I think E3 just didn't happen last year. I don't, I don't think they... Did they switch to a digital event or just cancel? I feel like they had something very. No, you might be right. I think maybe they just that's why canceled. Yeah, and that's why twenty twenty is came just about. a blur at this point. Yeah. <laughs> of like everything was canceled, so you're probably right. Well, they're like on top of each other this time. Yeah. Whoever's fault it is, I don't know. I don't remember what E three is now. I know I'm supposed to know these things, but you know, brains. So, uh, one of the biggest things though is now rumored Microsoft and Bethesda. Duh, are probably merging their showcases, right? So uh, they're supposed to be holding a joint summer conference. And of course, you know, Jeff Keighley is kicking off the Summer Games Fest uh, on June 10th. So you have E3, like, starting on June 12th. Okay. (laughs) Who's going where, right? Right. (laughs) That was my thing. I'm like, so they're on top of each other. Who, who, which dev is going to showcase what where? Mine is Devolver. I want to know because yeah. they're saying they've got four different reveals planned for Summer Game Fest. Now, is there anything for E3? I need a continuation of our story. Is she I fine? Never, that's right. This, there was something for E3 last year because Devolver did like an interactive yes. showcase. For I want to that's what it was. Yeah. I think it was like each individual developing team kind of showcased their own little thing that they would have yeah. shown off if mm. they got it together. But theirs was because... like a game that you played to see the showcases, right? Like it was, it was like yeah. a lot of do, do a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah. Devolver Devolver's Land. Weird. I love Devolver. Uh-huh. 
But that's I'm, I'm invested. I don't even yeah. care if they have games. I just need a continuation of the story now. <laughs> like, is she fine? You know what I mean? Like, I'm invested in their little things. They have the best reveals, in my opinion. I it just is think like, it's fun. It's super fun, but it is the most insular thing. Like, my wife, like I said, she doesn't really play video games. I've kind of slowly been pulling her into it over the, like, seven years we've known each other. And mm-hmm. trying to, like, explain to her Devolver Digital's E3 things. Like, like okay, well, first, let's go back to, like you know, 1999 and talk about Space yeah. World because you kind of have to understand what that was so that I can explain to you what E3 is so that then you can understand what an, a video gaming press conference looks like. So then you can see Devolver's weird spinoff. Like, it is the weirdest <laughs> thing and it is the least accessible thing for anybody who hasn't been following video game German- journalism for a couple right. decades. But I love it. It's so good. <laughs> just, yeah, if you know, you know. If not... <laughs> if not, it's just... But I mean, what think about happening? all the games that they release. They usually do, yeah. Because I mean, and then what's nice too is that theirs are usually like smaller titles, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know how how you are. I'm kind of a fan of those that I could probably get knocked out at a weekend or so. Right. The older I get, I like my games to be a little bit shorter. Not knocking long games. I just want to know I'll actually finish one when I started. <laughs> Um, these days but um, I don't know we just don't have any clarity just yet on Devolver's end that I could find what like what was going to be possibly shown at E3 are they doing more at E3 is it just going to be Summer's Game Fest so this is what's going to be interesting I feel like we're going to have a lot of news coming at us in that second week of June now yeah. <laughs> everything going on but E3 is the 12th through the 15th so we'll just have that nice neat little wrap up Games Fest kind of is insinuating it's going on all summer, as it says, summer game fest, right? Um, So as I was looking at their lineup right now, it does look like we do have Ubisoft forward on June 12th for the games fest. But this is where I don't, there's like a huge gap because then the next one is EA Play, but that's showing July 22nd with no actual times on July 22nd put up. So that's like a huge gap. Mm. I don't know if there's a whole lot that's going to get planned on being showcased in the interim, Maybe it'll just be Twitch and YouTube streams from Jeff. Like, he sometimes would just pop up and be like, hey, I got this dev on. Yeah. I think that's what they did last year was, like, they Mm -hmm. they did a lot of smaller, like, hour-long things with, you know, a couple Mm -hmm. days' notice. And so I I think that's kind of his idea of the format for Summer Games Fest is rather than being one one weekend, it's just, like, a platform for him to be like, here's my friend Doug. He's been working on a game. Take it away, Doug. (laughs) Let's Doug, in this case, is Doug Bowser, and of course, the game he's been working on is Breath of the Wild 2, and that's where we'll finally get a trailer. Sure. <laughs> Never know. So, since we're bringing it up, mm-hmm. are we? Ex- do any of us have any expectations of something that we think we'll actually see, like Breath of the Wild 2? Because At Summer uh, E3, Summerfest, whatever, because, I mean, this is... This is our time. This is this is the best time of the year for this, gamers. Yeah, this is like our Christmas, right? Yeah. For gamers. <laughs> it's so we usually get, the summer E3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get to see all these awesome trailers. So do you think there's something specific we'll actually get this year that we haven't gotten to see? Or, or going to see a huge reveal of something that we know is coming? That's so tough because coming off of the year we had, I feel like there's still so much playing catch up to be mm-hmm. done that there's probably we're going to hear a lot of. So, by the way, six months later than what we intended, I just expect a lot of delays. So that's why I'm I, I'm more curious what's going to get shown, because most of the bigger titles we've already been kind of told, like patience. 
it's probably not coming out when we first said <laughs> you and know that's fine but yeah at least at least tell the audience or i guess your your consumers hey mm-hmm. just be aware it's coming but we're going to show you a little taste even though we know they shouldn't be doing this until you have it <laughs> ready cd project red you bastards uh <laughs> I personally think that we will see, a, like, the only thing I can think of, maybe Horizon 2. Maybe. Um, God of War. There, I've Ragnarok. seen a lot of rumors floating nah. around about God of War this week, though. Rumors. I don't think there's about... any chance of God of War. God of War is coming out in 2024. Like, there's no oh, way. You're probably right. Excuse me. 2023. But what year is it? We've hit this zone right where apparently we have to talk about games years before yeah. they're ready. Sure. Yeah. What? So look at how bold they were. What was it last year that they announced it? And they said 2020 for God of they War. They said it was this year. Yeah. yeah. There's there's not a chance. Like later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be yeah, great I if don't. it did. I, I don't have a PS5, but it would be great if it did because PS5 owners need games right now. Like I, I mean Xbox as well. But it's mm-hmm. yeah. I I think that. Horizon might come out this year still, but I don't think you're going to get both God of War and Horizon within, you know, three months of each other. That just seems like overkill to me. Especially it was, with the year we just had. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of bold statements that they were just like, well, these games are coming out this year. It's like, man, you're going to kill everybody, dude. Just mm-hmm. chill. Yeah. You know, space it out you're a little bit. You're just asking for strongly worded letters at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm expecting My... at least a preview. Mm something yeah they gotta give us something yeah if you're gonna have a conference <laughs> my hope is all on the zelda side of things but also i don't think we're really gonna get much it is zelda's 35th anniversary it would be great to get some of the uh 3d zelda games onto the switch uh i would play them again i just would mm-hmm. I, I played wind waker this year and, or last year and if they put it on the switch i'd be like all right i'll go sail around some more um <laughs> but the thing is Damn is it. that they're releasing skyward sword which is the one most people are like least excited about and it's coming out after e3 so i'm not actually expecting a lot of news about upcoming 3d zelda games at e3 because i think that could undercut the sales for skyward sword so my guess is we get some breath of the wild 2 news at e3 and then like in august we get a a a zelda 35th anniversary direct announcing Mm -hmm. like and also ocarina of times coming out next week or, or something along those lines right yeah, because they're really good about, oh, here's this game. You can get it now. Yeah. As soon as yeah. the trailer's done on those things, and you're like, what? You can run yeah. to your Switch and throw all your money at them. Mm-hmm. They're smart that way. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think one of the bigger things people are looking forward to, and I kind of am, but I, I'm very patient. I know it's going to be a ways off. It's just it's more Starfield news. Yeah. And are we going to hear it? Um like a window because that's the one thing i will praise bethesda about is they always seem to at least when they announce something at an e3 within a six month window of time is when it was released they that, that, yeah they love <laughs> even to if it wasn't it ready bugs. to be released <laughs> even if it wasn't ready <laughs> they were going to give it to you within a reasonable amount of time from its announced date so but i don't think it's coming this year nah. and i think they've so much as said now it's possibly later 2022 um, I, I think we'll get something. It'll probably be another cinematic trailer. Mm-hmm. Look <laughs> at this give us space no idea mountain. What the gameplay is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I can't really think of anything bigger 
that like we haven't I mean, already talked about being delayed. We're gonna get Halo news. Like we we have to. They've got to release that yeah. this year. So mm-hmm. there'll be news on that. It won't be terribly exciting. I've been replaying the Halo games. I still like those games, okay. but you know. no, that's fair. I just feel like. That poor game. Yeah, yeah. Like it was supposed to come out as a, a, a with launch with the X and S, right? Like, yep. well, who saw the pandemic coming? Sure, but like, poor thing. <laughs> yeah, poor game. I like it. I don't know, uh, but yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> you might find this fun. Weezer's gonna kick off the event on June 10th with a performance. Oh, what? on for <laughs> Summer Game Fest? Yeah. Oh, all right. I read that okay. and I was like, okay. I mean, I was a fan of them growing up. Yeah. Me. I don't know if today's kids will understand or I, I'll be, okay, whatever. Maybe I'm Boomer. I didn't know Weezer was still doing stuff. Oh, yeah. They, they had an album what? come out recently. It was, it was pretty good. It Coming sounded like Weezer. back together to like remake stuff. Sure. I didn't know they were like still actively pushing out whatever. Didn't they but do... I, 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 didn't they do the the title song for Bill and Ted Face the Music? I feel like they did that song. I don't know. Hey, that movie was pretty good. Almost that movie possible. was better than it should have been. It was. <laughs> right? I think nostalgia is the only thing that carried us through. I don't think anybody just coming into the series watched that and go, what? <laughs> like, yes. We were much cooler then. <laughs> yeah, you're right. 90s cool. Here are Weezer's beginning of the end from Bill yeah, and Ted see, Face the see, Music. I remembered. All right. It's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my big takeaway. I was like, oh, Weezer. All right. Woo. June 10th. We'll be there to check it off. And then, of course, Devolver Digital has four reveals planned. You know, it's going to be ridiculous and some, like, probably fun run and gun, twin stick shooter kind of deal. Because they always seem to have one or two of those. They're little indie titles. They're, they're <laughs> just, they like, are it's like, insane to play. They are kings of way overproduced games that have a very, very simple hook. And I very much appreciate that. Like, that is right? that is the kind of Didn't... game I like. Like, it looks flashy as hell, but really, you're only just doing, like, two things. But they, they work right. really well. You're addicted. Mm-hmm. Didn't they, was there a game that came out, I think, two years ago where you're like a giant, uh, I don't know what Where it like was. you like, were the monster? Yeah, like you yeah, were the monster. Like a contagion game or something like Carry that? Carry right. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Okay. Yes. I See, think that was, was last one... year it came out, right? I don't I remember so. when. Or that they announced it. But I know that I wanted to play it and I, I've yet to do that. And that's one of those that I was just like, see, this is why I love this this company so much and some of the craziness that they put out. Yeah. I'm curious yeah. how their production works. Like, I wonder how, like I said, I feel like their games are all overproduced. And I wonder if developers come to them with a game that is already full of flash or if they come to them with a game that's like a cool mechanic and developers like, cool, here's a bunch of money to make it look really good. <laughs> right. <laughs> here's how we do commercials. Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Ooh, that's a good, mm, that might be a fun one to dive into <laughs> to see how they publish all of their games. And which ones are their own in-house. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's that. I wouldn't put any of this in stone right now because there's only like three days set on the Summer Games Fest about who's coming in. So like I mentioned, we have Devolver and then Ubisoft Forward for sure. EA Play sometime in July. I'm just going to put that date because it, it did have a date on there, but no times or anything. Although I don't really care what EA wants to announce. It is interesting, though, because EA Play has usually been the kickoff event for E3. So the fact that EA Play is now part of of Summer Game Fest is is an interesting turn. 
Jeff Keighley's taken over. He's on its way out. Last year, Jeff Keighley was like, ah, I am like a benefactor. Oh, poor video game industry. I will shepherd your news in the summer right. of 2020. Oh, and now this year he's like, this is mine now. E3, you don't get to play here anymore. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I mean, he kind of kicked all that off too. Oh, it's kind of, maybe there's some evil people going on behind the scenes. We don't know. He's using his power for good. You know, yeah, good. he seems All he right. seems genuine-ish. I don't know. He seems like a nerd, and I respect that at least. Like he doesn't uh, seem yeah, totally like I, corporate. Like I get the no, sense that he is no. actually excited about these games. True, because like it, they're not like especially with his, you could tell it's a it's 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 born of love. But we'll tell this year, I guess maybe with more things opening up because like I can remember watching last year like. Who 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 produced all of his stuff? Because like I go, to, I can't hear, or it's too loud, or it's yeah. this, and I'm like Jeff, come on, man, have someone help your audio here just a little <laughs> bit. I can't, I can't turn it up to hear you. Turn it way down mm-hmm. for the games. Uh, but they'll get the kinks worked out. I shouldn't say anything. It was our first time <laughs> doing stuff, and who's got the money to produce it? I don't know. Uh, hey, so you want to talk about this merger here with AT&T and the yeah. Warner Brothers? So why are we talking about it? Obviously, WB Games is mixed up in this here. So they announced a massive deal to combine Warner Media's entertainment, sports, and news businesses with Discovery to create, and I quote, a premier standalone global entertainment company. <laughs> Taking over the world. Mm-hmm. Freaking AT&T. I don't know. I like that their statement on it is, we're trying to make a monopoly, so dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Wait a minute. Which is exactly. <laughs> there, there were even indications from what I read is they were just like, we don't know how to do this anymore, so you take it. Mm. Like, hey, they well, just <laughs> don't understand media, and they were just like, we, we you go over here now. It seems rushed. Because, like, even with this news coming out, like, a week ago, I was looking this morning, and all of the news is still from six days ago. So it's almost like we, we get these things in these calls that people make about everything, yeah. and then nothing. And then we don't mm. know what's really going on. So um, it seems like there's still no real answers with what happens to the gaming division of this. Uh, but uh, one spokesperson had wrote that some of the gaming arm will stay with AT&T, and some will go with the new company. So, like, breaking it up seems really weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like, does AT&T have a clue about gaming stuff? I don't know. No, they need hmm. to stick to phones. <laughs> and maybe get that right. Yeah. You haven't got that right. You haven't got your TV right. I text Internet. my husband in the next room. It takes 30 seconds. Give me a break, <laughs> AT&T. We're right here. Just saying. Whatever. Don't cut so my thanks, service. Thanks, business daddy, for games, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But there are 11 studios that are under this umbrella here that we're going to have to kind of keep an eye out for what's going on. And just to name a few, of course, you got Avalanche Software, Monolith Productions, Rocksteady, NetherRealm, uh, WB Games in Montreal, Boston, San Diego, New York, if it's a WB somewhere in the world. Uh, so who's going with who? That's what we're, we're wanting to, to, to further through here. So as I'm like looking through some like rumors for the week, uh, it actually looked like Microsoft or Take-Two or EA Activision. They were all in some way interested in the gaming division's portion of the buyout. Ooh. So it's kind of interesting that none of them got like 
their hooks in like for people who would have probably known how to handle it not yet anyway <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's that would true. be interesting i mean if they i just, just split that off entirely to somebody else Huh. Kind of wonder. I kind of wonder. I don't know. I mean, it just seems like it isn't clear. Like, um, like NetherRealm, for example. Like, are they going to keep making the same games? Uh, I think even with Middle Earth and Monolith Productions, those were the two ones that I'm kind of curious where it'll end up for sure. Like, and then you have Telltale Games, right? Uh, who develops like the Legos and stuff like that now that they were the ones who bought up some of that. What what happens with that studio? It's kind of sucks. Mm. <laughs> I want to know what their fate is, especially with them. They've been moved around a few times now. They've already had some bad news. So can <laughs> we like, can we be nice to that team at least? Like you get to stay, nothing changes, you're fine. Who knows? It's always weird with these big things because it's i mean you do wonder how much you know the person who has the you know the keys way way up at the top Mm -hmm. actually makes a difference for the games that come out i mean obviously it can over time but i feel like with changes like that we probably wouldn't see any repercussions of it for several years because games are in development for so long that yeah i don't know it's always a weird thing when when big studios shift around like that well, especially when it seems like not everybody who should have been in the know was in the know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because like um, the deal's announcement apparently was so rushed that the Warner Media CEO Jason Kilar said that he only became aware of the news within the recent days that we found out. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, apparently, was also already working on exit strategy. So that that <laughs> that's a little like a little like ooh, I wonder what's really in this deal mm. that it, like where he's like, oh, I don't get to know. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see. I mean, they're also the ones who just did like HBO Max and stuff too, right? right. So it's like you're gonna have all this like. Listen, that's the I'm part of this I'm excited about because if I if I understand right. Discovery mm-hmm. owns HGTV, which means yeah. potentially HGTV's entire library comes to HBO Max. And listen, I don't need HGTV in my life, but if HGTV is on, I'll just sit there and watch it all day long. I don't know why, <laughs> but I like, yeah, man, you sure did make that countertop look nicer, and I'll just watch that for right? ages. So that house really is tidy, and you made it fit. Thank you very yeah. much. Now I'm inspired. <laughs> Yeah, now I'm inspired to watch the next episode instead of actually cleaning right. up the, you know, dishes that are on the counter or whatever. Like, I don't are know why I like watching? those shows, but I do. I do. And if those all come to HBO Max, it's going to be a problem for me. I'll just put that on. I'll play Slay the Spire on the Switch and I'll never get up again. <laughs> Life is over. Life is over. Um, but one big takeaway, Discovery now owns DC. I mean, that, what yeah. are they going to do with it? <laughs> and I don't know. Everything's in flux. So this will be an interesting one to see how this one shakes out, whether, you know, <sighs> gamers benefit or not. But think of, <laughs> to Troy's point, think about the amazing mm-hmm. content that can go with HGTV and DC. Mm-hmm. We get to, to renovate the Batcave. Or <laughs> who knows? Oh, man. Kill his parents one more time. Uh, you know what the they top? need to do is they need to go out and buy up uh, House Flipper 
and just turn House Flipper into a licensed HDTV game. And then, like Scribblenauts did, then you can do a House Flipper DC where it's just House Flipper, but, you know, you clean up Barry Allen's apartment, and then you go and clean up the Batcave, oh, wow. and then there's the Fortress of Solitude needs needs a new shower installed, and just... I'm, I'm in this, you guys don't know, but I'm in this. <laughs> I've never thought of Superman's idea. shower before, but for some reason, that image is very entertaining to me just because he's broad it would have to be a very big yeah. shower i feel like and being in the fortress it'd have to be see-through right with the right. glass i mean everything. everything's made of crystal in there so yeah yeah oh, so. oh god i'm on it let's do it <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and that's all that I could really find out about this sale. So, like, it's interesting that nothing more even kind of, like, leaked a little bit throughout mm. the week. But everything was time time stamped. So we do what Meh. we do. And I'll keep my eye on that and see what happens. Um, I just, okay. I don't know if you've heard about this new meta. I just thought it was funny to kind of bring this up. Because Twitch is, like, we're always, like, under fire for something, right? They won't do this or they're not following through with that. There's just nothing they can do right but I'm sure you've seen this new hot tub meta yeah. that's been going around, right? And whatever side of the fence you fall on that, whatever. I personally, you do you. I don't know. Mm. Um, so it seems like most of the biggest complaints, of course, you know, let me sue because I can't, can't possibly flip through Twitch without half-naked women being everywhere. And you're just... I can't control myself. I don't know how to find any other content, you know, right? So they're like, I got you, all right? So now they've decided to make a whole other category for it, people. Now they'll stream in hot tubs, pools, and beaches. Mm -hmm. So you're just chatting, and your sex addiction is completely in the clear. You do not have to click on hot tubs, pools, and beaches to save yourself all the mental trauma, and you can just keep floating through in the regular ones for all your other stuff, which honestly I kind of think is a smart move. Why did this happen? Advertiser money was finally coming down to it. Mm -hmm. So that's why you finally saw some movement happening on how they were going to handle whatever this was. Um, so really what it came down to is a large Twitch streamer, Amaranth, who garners lots and lots of people who I guess maybe spearheaded the whole thing or made it the most popular. I don't know with the hot tub. I'm not even going to call it a hot tub stream. It's an inflatable pool. They're sitting in an inflatable pool in their living room. <laughs> so like I actually did flip through because I wanted to see like, what is the big deal? I don't get it. You know, and it is what it is. Sometimes they're playing video games in the inflatable pool. Is it? That it's doesn't sound like a smart move. <laughs> Everybody okay. knows electronics and water go together great. It's, it's a weird I thing. I watched one. <laughs> That's what they were doing. I was like, what's the deal? She's just sitting in the pool on a floaty. Yeah. Playing it's, um, a racing game on Switch. And I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm not normally one to like embrace like moral purity stuff, but. In this case, I do... It's conflicted because I hate the, like, sensibility mm -hmm. of, like, video games are for kids. But also, in a lot of cases, video games are for kids. And Twitch, like, is the platform for watching people play video games. And right. so there are a lot of kids who do go onto Twitch to watch people play video games. Do I think a kid's life is going to be ruined by seeing a girl sitting in a hot tub? No, I don't. But also, like, as a parent if my kids like hey i want to go watch the minecraft videos do i want them to necessarily have to filter through mm -hmm. 83 women sitting in hot tub first i maybe not like i i get a little bit and of it that's but fair. 
and and putting it into a different category makes sense but what i don't know is like within twitch is there a way to like block out a category or something or is it just now like the hot tub category is a place to go find all the hot tubs in one place but also they're still going to be on the like most popular channels feed i'm not sure how that side of it works their whole discoverability and what gets served up to you in recommendations has never been good. So, I mean, that's always going to be until they figure that whole part of it out. So from what I could tell, yes, as long as they're not miscategorizing themselves, which I'm sure some people will still try to go into just chatting and take their chances because it would be more frequented. But I feel like this is good because as long as you listen, and go into your proper category, there shouldn't be any way for it to get served up to you unless you're actively clicking on it. Okay. But I agree with your point. It is a 13 and up site. That's true. It is. Girls are allowed to stream on it. Well, and, and so, obviously kids younger than yeah. 13 are using it to, to watch streams all the time, which is a conflict of like, well, they're not supposed to be, but we, if everybody knows that they are like, how much can you say, well, they're not supposed to be. It's, it's weird. Right. But my favorite thing that's come from this, which maybe you're going to get to, but if you are, I'm cutting you mm-hmm. off. My favorite thing is that some of the most popular things in the hot tub and pool category when it first came up were like otters swimming in a pool or a bunch of baby duckies <laughs> sitting in a pool and people were just watching ducks sit in a pool. And I'm like, this is yes. good. This is what the internet should be for. It is. That and cats, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what you do. With the cats internet. are just, or um, otters are just cats in water, right? I, I think if you put a cat in water, no, it no, evolves Pokemon style into an otter. I don't know. I don't know. I just thought I would bring it up because it seems like it's been a, 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 a point of contention for a while. And I get it. I get both sides. Like, I really do. I kind of feel like just leave them be. Yeah. Like, you're the one who decided they looked sexual in whatever it is that they're wearing. Right. And sometimes the, the female part of my brain wants to go, oh, you're just kind of policing the fact that they found a loophole. Yeah, you're just upset they're not being sexy when you want them to be, and um, but like I said, I can understand both sides. I don't know if you'd want your kids wandering on it. Twitch is not supposed to be for NSFW stuff, but if you start doing that, they might have to start cracking down on video games that yeah. have naked people in it and all this kind of stuff. So I don't know. I well, feel like we just need a little bit more self policing, right? And, that's, and if you don't you know, like I was the saying- content, just don't go to there. Yeah, we, we've been streaming Resident Evil 7 on Twitch. I would prefer any kid in the world anywhere see a woman in a bikini more than I prefer them see anything that happens in Resident Evil 7. So, like, if that's allowed, then, you know, it, yeah. There's, like I said, it becomes, a like, a moral purity issue where it's, like, you're all you're doing is policing sexuality and not doing anything about, like, violence and language and drug use and all that right. stuff that is totally fine to appear on Twitch. So it is, it's, it is a weird circumstance to be sure it is and all i know is that as soon as i get a hot tub i'm gonna start streaming <laughs> do it <Boom>. do it <laughs> yeah. i mean that's the thing too i know some dude streamers have done that like where they thought they were joking around or whatever but i'm like then go do it yeah go why not in your swimsuit and 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 freaking do it Listen, whatever it makes mm. it <laughs> i have played super care. mario land in a bathtub it's delightful like sometimes it's nice to play a video game in a bath there's nothing Aww. wrong with that yeah Ah, bring it in don't just get <laughs> mad because they learned how to do it and really make it work for them. Oh, geez <laughs> like, that's the thing <laughs> but 
the one other really good thing that came out of this is that Twitch will be finally adding more diversity tags, which is something that a lot of people have been asking for instead of just clumping everything into one tag and expecting everyone to share it all, which, as you know, there's a lot of diversity between them all. Um, Ironic, isn't it? Right? (laughs) Isn't it, though? (laughs) So coming up here, you will have more tags, including tags related more specifically to genders, sexual orientation, race, nationality, abilities, mental health, and much, much more. So um, just in time for Pride Month, maybe? Yeah, sure. Get it going. Get it going. Let's do it. I know a lot of people that have been especially asking for specific tags and trans tags in specific, mm-hmm. you know, specifically that I've seen. Um, and maybe that's just because of the people that I know that maybe I see the news on that a lot more often than some of the other tags being asked for. But my God, would that be so beneficial? I've listened mm, yeah. to a lot of them talk about how beneficial it would be and just listen to them. Put it on there, man. Like stop dicking around with the stupid tags and just put the tags on there like, that's the thing is, is how so hard, hard is it to do <laughs> like why like i feel like you just push a button but i mean i don't know programming on your side or whatever but my god why are we still talking about this just like yeah let people find who they want to find right. and the content they want to watch you want to be discoverability mm-hmm. like that's always been their problem <laughs> i don't know how to serve up discoverability those are my big topics. Let's BS about some quickets. Okay, what you got? Let's BS about some quickets here. So, Rockstar announced some news this week. Did Ooh. they really? They did! We were all excited! Uh, GTA 5 is coming again in November. What year is this? Oh, but November, you're going to get it on PlayStation 5. Did you miss it on 3? Did you miss it on 4? Now you can get it on 5. Now you can get it on 5. I was just thinking about how I wanted to play this game on my PlayStation 5. This 10-year-old game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the next Skyrim, baby. So I'm just going to keep serving it up on a different platform with a new coat of paint. So did they explain, do I get a rollover, or is it you're going to have to buy it again? <laughs> Knowing them, you're going to have to buy it again. Because I feel like it's just been over the last year or two yeah. I've even seen it take a discount for crying out loud. If that's the case, then I'll just download the old copy <laughs> on my PlayStation. It was, I don't have to do that. Well, it's not going to have all the fancy upscaling. I'm curious how that'll work on Xbox because they just last month put GTA 5 on Game Pass. And usually games are on oh. Game Pass for a year. So is it going to be the Xbox One versions available on Game Pass where the Series X version you have to buy at the same time, or are they just going to upgrade that to the Series X version? Because honestly, as silly as it is that GTA 5 keeps coming out, it would be a pretty big get for Microsoft if, like, GTA 5 is coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, and if you have an Xbox, it's just in Game Pass. On PlayStation 5, you got to spend 70 bucks to get GTA 5, but on Xbox, it's just here for you. That would be 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 a nice little marketing tool. Just be like, dangle, dangle, look here. More, I mean, because they're making bank off of the Game Pass. Yeah, pe- people yeah. have mine. Hmm. Yeah, man. I don't know. Well, the last thing they had to announce, though, I guess, when you sell over 345 million copies, so doesn't that mean the entire United States has it already? So we should move on. <laughs> I own that game. I have it. I got it free from Epic. I have a 360 <laughs> copy <laughs> still. I bought it for Xbox One like a week before they announced it was coming to game pass 
and then it's on oh. Game Pass as well. So I, I have access to four different copies of it right now. I feel like I had it on PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. And then I was content. <laughs> Played it. You know... Never really got hooked on the multiplayer function of it. Yeah, I... Those games are like comfort food for me. I just, I like trolling around in a Grand Theft Auto game. Like, I'm not necessarily going to oh, beat yeah. it. I just, you know, drive around. It feels nice. And I, I don't know. My PS3 still works. So if I really there feel like I want to play it, I could do it. But I did get it for free on Epic, too. That's why I visit Epic. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, eBay is banning the sale of adult video games. Nah. eBay is banning 15th. the sale of queer products is what they're doing. Because you could still buy Playboy. Ugh, I'm mad about this one. Oh, okay. I was only digging into the game part of this. Yeah. That makes more sense than here. Okay. Well, they are claiming it was part of a wider initiative by the marketplace to prohibit the sale of mature content. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Books, anime, comics, magazines, art that contains sexually explicit materials. Um, so if the game has a rating of X, triple X, R18, or unrated for adults only experience, um, I was reading this on Kotaku so that they noted that the the new rule won't apply to games in Australia rated R18. Australia's I think rating's weird. Well, there's a, there, there's are harder to get by. Because yeah. like even when you were reading like Disco Elysium, I think the final cut had to take a higher rating because of like, if you have any insinuation of drug use, I think they have a much higher rating. Any non, like games. any non-destructive drug use. Like if it's drug use and it's clearly mm-hmm. bad, then it's okay. But if it, there's like, any like if it, if it makes a stat go up you can't have drug use in your game basically i knew it was something like that you had to kind of work around there well oof i didn't know that other little part of it well yeah, so i guess if that's where you went for that you're gonna have to go somewhere else kotaku probably didn't mention it because they're focused on the game side of things but i was reading another article yeah. about this and yeah they're on the like lists of magazines they're like there are some exceptions though and it includes mm-hmm. playboy and uh I can't remember, but it's a couple others, but, but all like pretty explicitly like straight, this is pornography for men, like, and those are allowed. And it's like, okay, so what you're saying is that this kind of porn is okay, but that kind of porn isn't okay. And that's, is it all playboy or like old playboy? It's like, can they skirt around it being a classic of some sort or a collectible? I think that's probably their idea is that like, well, cultural relevance or something like that. But it didn't, Um, what I saw didn't say only if it's, you know, vintage porn. It was just these, these publications are allowed. And that just starts to feel like a weird sort of policing of sexuality. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, no, in that case, for sure. I was only saying that because I could see that as being the excuse they would try to use. Like, oh, but to see... This has this could be in a museum, so this yeah. is fine or whatever. But um, it, it, it's weird. Let it's people weird. be. I just yeah. don't understand. <laughs> be if they want to I mean, buy it, they'll buy it. If they don't, they don't. And let people be. I just do the same thing it. Twitch did. Like have it be its own category. Have it be a category that is visible or not mm-hmm. visible depending on the uh, you know user's account. Make it so you can't see it unless you're signed into account. Like if you want to do that stuff for all mature rated mm-hmm. content. That's fine, but banning some things and allowing others is weird. Yeah, no, that's true. I never go to eBay for anything anyway, unless it's to mock somebody trying to sell like a PlayStation 5 for 20K. You know, (laughs) I'm like, really? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's see. Take Two says they're going to release over 60 games by 2024. Six zero. That's a lot of games. Uh, Those sneaky little earnings calls, you Mm -hmm. know, that we're always... Mm -hmm. 
slipping into uh so that a lot of games supposedly are coming in the pipeline uh between now and the end of take two's fiscal year in 2024 it plans to release this many games many of which are they put immersive core games uh Uh, I'm thinking there's going to be a lot of mobile and indie um, things like that because, like, I feel like that could, you know, get pushed out a little bit faster because that's like a tall order of games when people have trouble getting one out the door done well. I wonder if different platforms count as different games in that sort of a discussion. Oh, maybe too. Oh, Hmm. you know. Well, I was going to say the mobile probably makes sense because then you have microtransactions, which we all know they love. Yeah. If if every game could be that way, they would do it at an instant. (laughs) I think they're trying to condition us for it, really and truly. I feel like that's the way it's going. When I start seeing it in single-player experiences where you can Mm -hmm. buy XP boosts and stuff, it's like, (laughs) just let us play. If those people don't have time to play, then that's their fault, right? (laughs) Anyway, that's a whole other thing I get pissed off about, too. Um, So, again, like we were talking about, we don't know if it's going to be like new iterations or reiterations of all of these different games getting slapped onto different platforms or anything like that, Um, which I personally will not count as part of the 60 if anyone is (laughs) wanting my opinion. But um, because if you're just slapping a new coat of paint on it, you didn't make a new game. You just upgraded it, which is fair. But don't say you put out a new game. Um, And then maybe, you know, maybe it's just 60 versions of GTA 5. I don't know. (laughs) Why not? Why not? I mean, we might be close to that many versions already. Um. Anyway, moving on. Netflix might be doing more interactive movie gaming on theirs. Uh, they were saying that, again, another report uh, suggests that the video streaming giant is staffing up to expand games in more significant fashion. So according to reports, they actually have begun recruiting already for an executive to lead future video game initiatives. Um, I think that sounds like we might be having another Stadia-esque. If they're like actually hiring someone to do a games division, I feel like it would be more than just doing interactive movies on the streaming movie service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now they've done how many now? They did a Minecraft one. They did that. Kimmy Schmidt. There was Bandersnatch. One. Bandersnatch. Yep. So that's, that's three. three. I want to say there was like a Bill Grills. What's his name? Bill Grills? Bear, Bear Bill Grills. Gr- the Bear Man of Grills? the Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, feel like he, uh, they did one with him too. Maybe so four, maybe? There might be. But the Minecraft one wasn't them. The Minecraft one was made as a console game and then got bought up by Netflix. Oh. So it did not. It right, was not okay, a Netflix so. production. So they've only done a couple I know couple Bandersnatch was yeah. for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So that I, was the Black Mirror and I, I haven't really gotten into those, but I know there's a lot of people who really like those. But I do. Yeah, I, I'm one of call them. It, yeah. Well, but calling it a game division, like that, that does sound... Interactive movies should be more precise. Honestly. Yeah, so it does sound like maybe they're doing something a little different with it. I don't know. That's interesting. That's, that, that, that's my thought. You know what it could be, though? Is it could also be connected with like they did the Stranger Things game, so it could be not games that are available on Netflix, but they have so many yeah. IPs now that maybe it's like heading up management of making games for platforms that are based on their content. Mm-hmm. Could totally see that. I wanted that to bring up a, a headline that I saw while we're talking about this because it they made it seem like it was going to be some new thing. But some, I can't remember the director, but the director announced that he was going to be directing a choose-your-own-adventure movie. And we're like, wow! And it's like, 
yeah, they've done those on Netflix, man. We've <laughs> done this already. They've been out for a really long time. I hate to break it to younger generation. Netflix did not champion this idea. They've been around for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If it's choose it your own funny. adventure in theaters. <laughs> well, I feel like cool. hasn't that been tried before, too? Like, probably you and I would have been way too young. Maybe. I feel like I've heard about theater experiences. You could like totally that, do they, something they like it. that where everybody like has it, their phone like a out. boat. Yeah. yeah. And you turn it like into a mass singer thing. It's like, cast your vote now. And everybody's just sitting there doing like that. And the, the best oh one, God. that's the way you Do go. you know how many fights there'd be in the theater, though, when people kept getting the, th- I don't want that choice. You stupid. Yeah. That would be it. It would be a nice social experiment to watch. <laughs> nice. Well, to watch. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would sit in a corner with a camera <laughs> just to see how many people got so angry. It's like, damn it. Yep. 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 I, I I don't know. I, I I tend to agree. They're working on something more than just doing um, the interactive movies. I mm. feel that like they've already put out on there because like Troidel was even saying with things like you know the Stranger Things companion game that came out, and um, I think they they said they also did. I have not watched it. Casa de Papel, I guess, was a show on there that also became a game. I've not seen it. Mm. Maybe it's um, in Spanish, and that's why, <laughs> you know. Um, so they just, they're very excited to do more entertainment or interactive entertainment. Um, so, yeah, those good old investment calls that we keep listening in on. <laughs> more interactive media from Netflix may be coming. All I want from Netflix is more Chef Show. I haven't Chef watched Show. That one yet. Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> I, I love it. Sugar rush. Like, I'm not, I'm not a big uh, cooking show guy. But that, I every like when they they put out more episodes, I'm there. I yeah. am so there. It's so good. That's good. I I watch Sugar Rush all the time. I like the big cakes. <laughs> uh, but also speaking of Netflix, we did get a trailer for the Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which is to release on July 8th. So if you were excited and haven't seen the trailer, it's out now. Go check it out. It's short. And it just looks like another game. Yeah, it looks like cutscenes. It's like a bunch of cutscenes put together. But I think it's just the style they did. I'll give it a shot. I just feel like as soon as I saw like Leon and all of them, I don't know. I just feel like we could do a new story, but I don't, I guess the games are old enough now that you've got the new generation that it's all brand new to. I don't know. (laughs) I just crave new stories, you know, as much as I... Do we know if this is going to be a continuation of stuff from the other movies? Or I feel like it was like new? pre, like prequel esque. I think okay. it's it's supposed to be connected to the games rather than the movies, mm-hmm. though, right? That's that well, was my yeah, well, because meant, like they had Leon Kennedy in there, yeah. and I meant the 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 animated movies that they did, like Damnation, and, and oh. because I thought those were supposed to be tied in the, in some way or not. God, I, I thought those were connected to the to the Mia Javakovich movies, but maybe I don't know. Resident Evil's continuity oh, that is might very be true confusing. Too. This yeah. is true. We have so many universes now. I feel because even seven and eight's like, I guess, kind of sharing the same universe because they pull in an act, you know, character or two, but it's like its own thing, different yeah. style. Ever. Who knows? Okay, well, <laughs> whatever. I forgot about those, so I didn't look it up. So I actually don't have an answer <laughs> if it's a continuation of those or not. <laughs> Someone out there with more time on their hands has already laid it out for us. We just need to go look up the timeline. Yeah, just, we'll figure you know, it out. The work I'm supposed to do for you, I didn't. So, <laughs> siblings, you tell me. Okay, cool. 
cool, cool, cool. Um, I feel like now we're just in the day and age of making movies off of games because WB also announced an Injustice Gods Among Us animated movie. Um, remains to be seen how close to the movie will actually follow the plot of the original game. Sounds like you might have more. I will now. almost guarantee they will go for a full R rating. Huh? Uh, the WB animation department, they've not been pulling punches. They, like, yeah. they've, they finally said, well, you we'll know what? what happens after this merger. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I would hope that this is not going to be affected, but something tells me they will stay as true as they can to the source material, but condensing it <laughs> into a nice hour oh, and 10, 20-minute story. So it's going to disappoint some people, but at the same time, I think it'll also satiate that idea of having a movie... I think it'll be good. Yeah. We'll see. We don't know whether the original game's cast is coming back to voice the movie or anything like that yet. Um, so we'll just keep an eye on that space. Seems like they're early, early. I hope so. I mean, they got, for the games, I'm almost positive that most of the cast members they had were from the old animated shows. Not everybody, mind you. But yeah, um, they Kevin pulled Connelly a lot of people from that. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully they can just roll them over because yeah. I think that would be great too. Yeah. More Kevin uh, you Conroy know, people, is great. We, 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 we do tend to like lean on what we're familiar like oh mm. there's that you know I don't know humans. You might like this though Steven. I don't know if you're still playing it or diving back into it but Mass Effect is doing like a little crossover with No Man's Sky which I thought was kind of fun. To celebrate the release of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Hello Games is adding Mass Effect's SSV Normandy SR1 to No Man's Sky. So over the last week, Hello Games has led its community on a journey to unearth a new secret tied to an object called the Hysteriographical Dosimeter. I totally nailed that. That's perfect. Sure. Yeah, so that thing. So today the community will see their expedition leads to Normandy. Um, just to tell you, though, time is of the essence. The crossover event ends on May 31st. So if you want a chance to grab that ship, they say, to have in your game, gotta, gotta play now. I feel I like the game is not what Normandy. I remember it being at all. <laughs> gotta hurry up. No, I feel like that game is just the gift that keeps on giving for the fans who hung in there. Because, like, yeah. I hear amazing things about it now, thankfully. Like, I, you don't even hear about the negative. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, they, I mean, they turned that franchise around. I'm sorry. You have to admit. they. It's the only thing they could do other than let it fail right. like it was going to. So kudos for them sticking with it and, and mm -hmm. delivering the game they promised, if not even more so. I think it's fun. And then this was just fun for me. Uh, we might, graphic card availability might be available just a little bit sooner than we thought, according to like AMD's CEO. I'm not going to get us all super excited, but you know how they were saying like 2023, 2022, mm -hmm. maybe. They're like, maybe like early 2022. <laughs> That's better than it was. It's an improvement. Right. But I'm still not going to plan on it for like another couple of years but i don't know bitcoin's not doing great maybe i'll be able to swipe one up soon i don't know mm. i feel like i gotta gauge that market on whether <laughs> i'm gonna get a card or not these um, bit farmers or bitcoin farmers need to take a class in economics and understand how you know money works isn't all money just play money i mean if you really think about it 
It's only got the value we've decided it has. <laughs> so well, all of it could just it. be a bunch of credits at this point, and it would be the same freaking thing. <laughs> I'm going to start making Republic credits, and I'm just going to start passing them out to everyone, saying, this is my currency now. <laughs> if people accept it, then that's what we will be fighting over. Just like in Fallout, it's bottle caps, right? Bottle caps. We, right. As, a, as a whole, decided bottle caps now have monetary value. I um, would be a wealthy man. Right? <laughs> I would be coming to your house, it sounds like. Anyway, uh, so that's actually all I had, because I wanted to leave enough time to of course dive into the lovely gentleman who came to hang out with us today mm -hmm. so we can like really dive into all of that unless there was of course i know sometimes steven makes notes about a couple of <laughs> no this, this week... or something that catches his eye that didn't catch mine necessarily no nothing uh i think you covered a lot of everything i wanted to talk about this week i i, I can i throw one thing in that i didn't i didn't sure. bring up? Oh, yeah when you're talking about uh gta's announcements the thing that made me excited about their announcement, I, I don't know why to bring this up in the moment, but hey, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, they said that like, and there's something for fans of GTA 3, which was like, what does that mean? And then more reading into it, it sounds like it's something in Grand Theft Auto Online, which makes me much less interested. But I was like, oh, I feel are they like just gonna like stuff is for the online? Yeah, I was like, are you just gonna put like, let me play GTA 3 in the Grand Theft Auto 5 engine? Because that would be very fun. But it sounds yeah. like you'll probably just have like the next heist mission is going to be in Liberty city or something. So slightly oh, less that's exciting. Probably. Yeah. They tease, they tease. They tease. <laughs> well, I they know. wanted to throw you off. They're like, it's not just five news. Eh? Yeah. Eh? No, eh? Oh, except it is. Except it is. <laughs> I just remembered something. I do want to kind of bring up just gloss <laughs> over. Like not, not that it was a big news story. I think we all kind of assumed, but we kind of got confirmation about mm -hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog two. Knuckles oh, yeah, is yeah, going to yeah. be in the movie. Oh, since yeah, they yeah, leaked yeah, yeah. A, a synopsis, and it's like, oh, cool. So it's all confirmed, but not confirmed officially, just because of These leaks. Silly people who can't just keep their mouth shut. Let us be surprised and enjoy things. I'm hoping the movie will be good. I want. I want to. I first really liked the first one. Yeah, it was fun. I thought it was fun. I like Ben Schwartz. I, you know, I thought it was fun. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Yep. Oh, did I remind you of something? Yes, because Ben Schwartz. Oh, look at me! <laughs> because he's so amazing. So, uh, I don't know if either one of you watched DuckTales, like the new iteration of DuckTales, oh, because ones, he's yeah. in that. And oh, he's like Dewey Duck, and he just nails it every time. So, I just finished watching the entirety of that. That was amazing. But, um, Hulu now has a new show, MODOK, if you're oh, right. familiar with the Marvel characters. Yeah. Ben Schwartz is in that as yeah. MODOK's son. So mm -hmm. as soon as I heard him, I was like, oh, come and on. Patton Oswalt's Modoc, and Patton Oswalt's Modoc. And yeah, Patton Oswalt's Modoc. I watched the first one. I'm going to have to try again. It didn't quite get me. I haven't but watched I'll it yet. I'll keep going. But... You got to give a show like two or three episodes before I can really judge when it's mm. new. They got to set it up. You know? the, fact, right. the fact that they dropped the whole season without a ton of fanfare makes me think that Marvel kind of gave up on it. Like, I had no idea it was out or coming out or right. anything i just saw someone say something about it and i was like oh that started like the first episode is out no 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 the whole show's out it's like oh that's not that that's not a lot of fanfare for yeah, that Yeah, it felt very like all of a sudden there it was which made us question like the real marvel or did like it doesn't say marvels you I, know we tried to like <laughs> start a rumor well this was actually being produced before marvel studios kind of 
um, took over the television ah. department oh, because okay. they were two entities. And then, like, you'd have your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., your Agent Carter, mm-hmm. shows like that that were kind of <laughs> connected, Daredevil and all that sure. stuff. But they would always kind of skirt the line where it would be like, yeah, you remember that incident that happened in New York? It's like, oh, yeah, that thing with the, the, the people. It's like, yeah, that thing. It's like, oh, see, we're connected. It's like, no, you're not. Just stop. <laughs> and so I guess somewhere along the lines, they were just like, you know what? We're going we're gonna to take all this back. We're going we're gonna, to – all this doesn't exist now because they are making that yeah. very clear on Disney+. Plus. All this stuff that you remember watching doesn't exist. But – on the flip side, if you like those characters, from what I'm hearing, they're going to try and reintegrate those actors into those roles. But all the other stuff doesn't matter. <laughs> so it's like we we call I those you Marvel's like those legends, and yeah. it's not part of the right. current continuity. The only beef that I had with it on one casting, uh, again, this is all plausible. I mean, but it's also. Not confirmed, so I don't know what's going to happen. Anything could change. But they were talking about the character of uh, Luke Cage would have to be recast because I oh, guess that's the actor shame. is committed to another show right now. But oh. but if you wait, just hold off. If anything could happen, his show could get canceled. Not that I want it to happen, yeah. but maybe it does, and then it frees him up, and then he could be that guy. So don't jump He's, the gun just yet. I think he that's, was fantastic. I, I think... The casting yeah. for those Netflix shows, on the whole, was really good. Like I, I liked, mm. I loved uh, Charlie Cox's Daredevil. I really liked the guy playing mm. Luke Cage. I think that Jessica Jones was nearly perfect casting. Danny Rand is f- fine. Is fine. Not That's great. That's the guy but that fine. needs to be recast. Because yeah, that would that would that, not hurt my was, feelings. <laughs> that was actually part of the the funniest part of that whole conversation when I started hearing about all this, like everybody being recast from the or coming back. From Netflix, right. Kevin Feige is like, oh yeah, people love Charlie Cox and and uh, Kristen Ritter. She's just so amazing. Mike Coulter was amazing, and uh, even John Bernthal's Punisher was great. <laughs> Never said anything about Finn Jones. It was like, it wasn't ah, bad. It was, was just kind of cold, but you know, ah. I waited to watch. The Iron show Fist. was terrible. I so I waited to watch uh-huh. it until a while after it was out. So I had heard how terrible it was. And I thought it was fine. If you've heard that that show is awful for like six months and then you watch it, it's not so bad. Get prepped a little so like, all right, all right. Yeah. It's it's just, by season two, it started to pick up a little. We, but it's still just kind of like, <laughs> eh, you know, it's I'm, I'm not going to miss that. I want them to redo it. Like the Shang-Chi stuff, when you're seeing some guy just mm-hmm. kicking ass like that, it's like, this is what Iron Fist should have been. Yeah. So... Anyway, we got way off topic. Um, <laughs> this is part of our charm, I hear. Yeah. Modoc. That's what we were talking about, and then we got off topic. <laughs> anyway, yeah, check that out. Ben Schwartz, he's amazing. Troy, let's let's talk about you. Yeah. Um, okay. Because what, listen, what did I want to? Me is like my second favorite thing to talk about after Marvel movies, so that's perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, you two would get along great. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so, well, I mean, since we're kind of bringing that up. Uh, we learned, I guess, last week that you were kind of the progenitor of the podcaster symbol. Is that right? Mm. Yes. So, how many? How many? Do you do you know off the top of your head, Stephen? How many movies there are in the Marvel? Is it twenty eight? And Endgame was the twenty eighth. Was it twenty? I thought there were only twenty. 
maybe it's 2023. 20, I mean, I could ask Google. <laughs> Something to that effect. In any case, roughly 30 days before uh, uh, Endgame came out, I was like, hey, Tyler, my buddy Tyler, I was like, hey, we should make a podcast where we have a whole bunch of people tell us what they like about the Marvel movies and then edit it together. And he was like, that sounds crazy. Okay. And so we did it. So it was a daily podcast leading up to Endgame. And I think it was exactly 30 days before it came out because a buddy of mine was doing a rewatch where they're like, if you start on this date, you can watch one Marvel movie every day up to the release of Endgame. And I was like, that's cool. A podcast would be cooler. So for a month, I basically did nothing but edit the first season of Podcasters Assemble because it was literally, I was releasing an episode every day. So I... I got really good at editing in a very short amount of time. Like mm-hmm. I would get everybody's audio imported and then times it up to like two and a half speed. So I'm listening to people's audio at two and a half speed as I'm going through and cutting it <laughs> to edit things together. Um, so yeah, the podcasters assemble started there as a very slapdash thing. And then part of that was my wife was pregnant and I think I was going through a lot of anxiety and that gave me like a thing to focus on. So I didn't have to think about how stressed out I was about everything else in my life. Uh, and then we did the Star Wars season and then the Bond season. Um, uh, Eric came on during the Star Wars season. Um, Tyler found him probably through that mm. great mates group. Cause I know Tyler is in that group. So Tyler right. found or Tyler found Eric somewhere else and then found you, I think through great mates. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Tyler was like my, my cheerleader during the first season. He edited two or three episodes, I think. And then during the Star Wars season, he edited a couple more because that was right around when my kid was born. And then he did a bunch of the Bond stuff, getting it started. And then Eric took over because Tyler had a kid on the way. And so presumably now Eric's going to have a kid at some point soon here. And somebody else is going to have to take over <laughs> Podcasters Assemble because that seems like how it works. Curse him so early. <laughs> well, as we were kind of telling him, it's a fantastic idea. And it's something that I didn't think about. Like, I, I don't know if the idea of how it comes together would have ever crossed my mind. Maybe it would have, I don't know, but I just, I love the idea because anybody can be a part of this. Mm -hmm. So whether it's just you, me, her, or maybe we, we have nothing to say about the next season or the, the topic at hand, but then you find a new group of podcasters and then they get Mm -hmm. pushed into it and then they have opinions on it. And I feel like you can have such a, a, a wide swath of rotating podcasters mm-hmm. that can come in and, and voice their opinions about whatever you're talking about, and that makes for an interesting season. Yeah. Because everything can just change. So you're right. not hearing the same voices over again. I think that comes through in the editing, too. Like We all kind of edit with a similar idea but the editing's a little different for each person and so the show mm-hmm. sounds a little bit different to me now than it did when i was editing which maybe because i haven't heard the audio you know six times as i was editing it but <laughs> sure. it's it's been really nice because like i've been a contributor to it you know the first three seasons were marvel star wars and bond which are three franchises that i've always loved i'd seen like two monster movies before we did the godzilla season like that was just mm-hmm. not my thing and um Eric was really passionate about that. So was ready to take over like full-time editing responsibilities. And so I just got to kick back and like not stress about the production side of it at all and just be a part of contributing to it. And then the Mortal Kombat season, I got, you know, as you heard, I got like 12 minutes into the first Mortal Kombat movie and was like, this is just not for me. And so I just have been listening to that season. I haven't been watching the movies or contributing. I've just been able to be a listener. And, and part of that is because of people like you two stepping up and becoming contributors. It made me feel okay, you know, 
stepping back a little bit. Whereas Godzilla vs. Kong, I was like, you know, I don't know how many people we're going to have contributing, so I'm going to be a part of it, even though it's not necessarily my thing. And I ended up really enjoying that season. So, like, I don't begrudge that at all. But, yeah, it, it got to the mm-hmm. point with this season that I was like, I can I can coast a little bit here and, and just kind of let the project run on its own instead of me having to stress about about where it's at so that's been really cool and it it does take a huge amount of time so like eric said it's probably going to go on a little bit of a hiatus here but part of the fun of it is that if somebody comes along who you know for whatever reason has some bandwidth and is like hey you know i love the fast and the furious movies that's one we've always talked about doing somebody comes along and says i love the fast and the furious movies and i've got time to edit i'd be like cool let me show you how we edit this and you can you can go make a season of it because you could make it work probably exactly Uh. hey well done (laughs) um it is it's just the idea for it was for it to just be kind of a fun way for people to collaborate together so that's i i have been delighted to kind of hand it off to other people and i think all of us would be delighted if somebody else came along and was like i'd love to make a season of this be like cool we'll help out but but i'm i'm fine with somebody doing it and and when time becomes more available, uh, I, I would love to do the Fast and the Furious movies. I'd love to do Indiana Jones. We've talked about doing uh, Studio Ghibli movies. There's, there's a lot of ideas we have oh, for yeah. things to do with this. It's just a matter of figuring out scheduling. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's so many. If yeah. you do Studio Ghibli films, then I can get my wife involved because she will have right. so much to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 managed, too, but sh- I managed to get my wife involved in a few of these a little bit. Um, she did the Stan Lee moments in, in the Marvel series. Uh, she called out each of those, but yeah, if we do Ghibli, I think she would get more involved with it too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh no, that's fun. So since you you brought that up, uh, the nice little uh, segue that Lace whipped in there. The we can make this work probably podcast network. So how mm-hmm. did you get involved with that? Is that is that also your thing, or is that someone else's thing that you just happen to be a part of? No, that was so. Tyler's the one who started that. Tyler is uh, at Jack's Cap Cult on Twitter, uh, and he's a great dude. Uh, and he and Evan, who is Sir Rajata on Twitter, um, I think they met because Daniel K, who's an Australian podcaster who does a show called Daniel K's Let's Plays, uh, got them mixed up they both listened to him somehow and he got Evan and Tyler mixed up. And so Evan and Tyler messaged each other and we're like, Hey, we're the same person now. And then they were like, we should make a podcast. <laughs> and they were like, screw that. Oh, we should make great. a podcast network. So they've like decided they had a podcast network before they had a podcast to put on the podcast network. And then I was listening to Daniel K and from listening to Daniel K, I found Evan had his own podcast called thoughts cast where he just drives around in his car and records a podcast. And so I started talking to him there and then Daniel Kaye inspired me to make my own Let's Play podcast. And then Tyler and Evan were like, hey, you should be part of our network. And I was like, all right, sure. And they, they ended up like that network has become like my closest friends over the past few years. And it was all just like randomly finding people online. So it's, it's been a very weird that's process. Fantastic. But yeah, it's super, super fun. And that's kind of how I ended up being involved with um, geek to geek as well, because doing doing the Let's Play podcast was because like I like the idea of Twitch streaming, but I didn't really have the time for it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I can do this podcast version because I just take a Game Boy with me and go to a park on my lunch break and play a game for a while and record it. But then I was doing Twitch mm-hmm. streaming as well, and I was a fan of the guys at geek to geek and they reached out and were like, hey, do you want to be part of our network as a streamer? And I was like, all right, cool. And so I joined up with them doing that and then lost track of time to stream again and so stopped streaming, but then was still connected with them and started writing for them. So yeah, it's, it's just been this weird thing of like, weird like 
tenuous connections to people online that have turned into like the the two communities now of probably working geek to geek are like my two friend circles and i keep intermingling them more and more which is really fun to do um but yeah i i i really like online communities and that's where all of these things have come from so yeah Hmm. it's been fun and weird it's just weird how all of it comes together if i actually try and go back and trace it it's very strange (laughs) if you want to like i never thought kind of to your point i never thought that my best friend well i don't know where she's at in regards to my screen <laughs> i'm below here. both of you i made you too would have yeah would have been a person i'd met online right like it never right? would have crossed my mind at any point and yet here we are yeah here we are so it is weird to say it's like i know somebody in austria and then all over the united states and then yeah. england and then i talk to people in south africa all the time. and it's just like you're right. Online communities, they're just, it's, it's amazing to do. It's, it's really <laughs> like I fun. I say they're my genuine friends. You yeah. Know? That's, th- yeah. there was a point where I realized that I think, I think it was last year, like as we started being in lockdown where I realized that I'm like, I still get to talk to my friends. Like the way that I interact with my friends hasn't actually changed right. that drastically yeah. for me because most of my friends aren't people that I actually see in person. They're people I talk to mm. online. Like in person I see my coworkers and that was about it. Like my 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 friend mm. circle is mostly online. So yeah, that's it's it was I'm I'm glad that I was involved in those communities before twenty twenty happened because that made twenty twenty a lot more bearable for me. Right. Yeah. Have you had the opportunity to meet any of these p- people in person? Not a one. Um not a one. I, I well so there's one person I have met Katie from the Geek to Geek Network because uh she was up i I used to be in portland and she was up in portland um on vacation and so we met up there and then a couple months later i happened to be at disneyland on her birthday when she was also at disneyland and so we met up at disneyland so i've met katie twice but i think that's the only podcasting friend that i've met in person and if i'm forgetting someone i apologize terribly my memory is awful i can memorize episodes of star trek but i can't memorize anything from real life so (laughs) i feel that (laughs) I it's never fine. remember names usually as my problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. I would like to, though. I mean, we, we've talked about that, you know, we should all try and meet up somewhere. But I feel like you have more enough people. Us... You could have some, like, you know, podcasters assemble. There you right? go. We ought oh, to... my gosh. That's, the that's the convention name. Right. Oh, there God. Go. We're just. This is, a, this is an idea. This is an Eric, idea. Eric, you listening? All you people listening? <laughs> okay. We get, a, like, a large B&B. Or, or a big hotel. I don't know. Maybe we'll go motel. Get yeah, I was going to say, maybe, maybe a small <laughs> motel, but we can make it work, probably. Yeah. <laughs> We're bringing it around. All the puns. The branding works yeah, so yeah. well for that. I, it does. I, Tyler really and Evan does. came up with that, and it's just the best. And it's like this dumb running joke in our Discord chats of like, anytime somebody suggests something, we just put brackets probably afterwards. That's, it, yeah. I don't know. It I, makes no, me I happy. love it. it. It's like, we we definitely will give it a go. Let's see. Yeah. Right? I love the thought. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to be looking forward to this as soon as we're all vaccinated. Podcast is um, assembled 2022, right? That's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and we can all do a live. Oh, man. Listen, we'll anyway, get Devolver I... Digital to present at our show and kick Jeff oh, Keighley out of here. That's right. I would love to be killed in one of your announcements. <laughs> I'm just going to say. So I saw somewhere where you kind of called yourself a perpetual project starter. <laughs> is this 
is this because you kind of start something and you just kind of abandon it or you just kind of like you're you're into it and then you just kind of lose track of time or like how does that um this is because i have adhd that i haven't taken medication for in 10 years um (laughs) i i i'm 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 working on it i have a a appointment with a counselor soon to hopefully get on some drugs to make my brain slow down just a tad um hey kids talk to your doctors it's a good thing to do seriously Uh, um i i got on anxiety medication this year this is a side but i got an anxiety medication this year and was like oh my god i can breathe i didn't know that was how that worked um yep I, I have always just had a lot of ideas in my head and I, I joke about it being an ADHD thing, but I think it genuinely is related to that, that like my brain just processes a lot of things very quickly. Like I tried to do breathing exercises where you're supposed to count your breaths and pay attention to when you lose track of counting your breaths. And I just kept counting my breaths while the other half of my brain was off thinking of a whole bunch of other things. And I never lost count. And my counselor was like, that's, that's oh. not how that's supposed to work. Like your brain's not <laughs> supposed to do that. And I was like, oh, well, um, but yeah, I, I just, I think of a lot of ideas and, um, I have comic book ideas I've wanted to draw. I, I do illustrations and I have pages and pages and pages of half finished things because I just get excited about the next project and move on to it. And usually that means leaving a lot of unfinished things in the dust, but, um, that's podcasters assemble is kind of the, like, that's what I want to happen with things like this is that I have an idea and I work on it and become something that other people are excited about. And it becomes a collaborative thing that people can work on together. Um, most, mm. most projects don't go that way. Most projects are something I work on for a while. And then like, like I said, best animated shows ever is kind of on hiatus. Um, that's a, a TV, a cartoon show that my buddy MC and I were doing. And, uh, that kind of dropped off just because of he, he's in Australia. And so figuring out scheduling between oh, one man, of the hosts being in Australia rough, yeah. and one of the hosts having an 18 month old got tough. Um, mm-hmm. And he's, he's doing the star Trek podcast with us now. And part of the reason for doing best animated shows ever was that I just wanted to talk to my buddy MC. And since we get to talk on the star Trek podcast every week, it's like, I still get it. I still get to hang out with my buddy. So it became a little less pressing to feel the need to do that. But yeah, I just I I always have ideas for things and I'd rather like get something of the idea down on paper and abandon it than never do anything with it. And so that's where I mm-hmm. I think the perpetual project starter comes from is that I'm like I at least want to put the idea down and then if it's fun, I'll play with it a little more and see if I can make it into something. But sometimes it's just, you know, I get the draft down and I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, drawing is the best example of this is i get line work done for sketching something out and i'm like yeah i'm gonna move on to the next thing and maybe in six months i'll come back and put some colors on this or maybe this is just how it exists you gave me such a flashback (laughs) oh (laughs) by explaining your process i have in a closet right over here i i have notebooks upon notebooks Mm -hmm. upon notebooks where i would sketch out ideas designs like when I was a teenager, I had comic books. That was my thing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do comic books, and I would draw out all these superhero characters, which I still dabble with here and there, but there would just be story ideas after story idea after story idea. I mapped out 100-plus issues of a comic that I wanted to do. Like it, would just, <laughs> it wouldn't be like full stories, but it would be like, well, here's an idea, here's an idea, yep. here's an idea, and we'll just we'll kind of, this is where it'll go. I have notebooks full of this. So, yeah, I get that. I yeah. get that 
you want to start on something there were even some that i would actually work on and i finished the story from beginning to end some i would do two pages and then it just kind of stopped and i don't know why i stopped you know it's i think there's a there's a fixation issue i deal with too and and maybe you'll relate to this as well and i don't know if this is an adhd thing or not but like once that idea is in my head if i don't do something with it it just stays there like Yesterday, I started watching The Prisoner again, which is an old 60s mm-hmm. spy show that I had seen part of before but never finished. I was reminded it existed. I put on the first episode and only watched like 10 minutes of it. But the premise of The Prisoner is really interesting. And I got in my head that I wanted to explain to my wife what the premise of The Prisoner was. I know she won't care about this show. She has no interest in it. <laughs> but I got in my head that I wanted to explain it to her. And so last night, I was like, can I tell you about it now? And she's like, I'm, I'm in the middle of something. I'm like, okay, okay. Like 10 minutes later. Can I, can I tell you about the prisoner? Like, I, and I still haven't. She's out there right now. And I've just reminded myself <laughs> that I want to tell her the pre- premise of the prisoner. And now that's stuck in there again. And it's like, I'm, I literally told her yesterday, I'm like, when I tell you this, I know you won't care. You don't even have to listen. You can just not go, okay, okay. Because I just have to get it out of my brain. She's wonderful. She's very patient with my weird neuro- neurosis. <laughs> I'm sure. And I'm sure she enjoys it. May not commit it to memory. I'm sure still loves that you explained it, you know. So we kind of briefly touched on your uh, Power Playthrough podcast yeah. you've been playing. You know, you started that, like you said, kind of a, a ease of access. you got a Game Boy, you're just kind of playing. But you've kind of evolved that a little bit. Now you're doing Switch stuff, I've noticed, on YouTube. Yeah, um, so... Um, uh, Troidal Power presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power as the full title is um because that's just a joke for mc mc likes ridiculously long titles for things so i was like hey mc i'm starting a podcast it's called turtle power presents the power playthroughs podcast with turtle power um yeah it just started i wanted to because i loved what daniel k was doing daniel k is is like the godfather of the uh the audio only let's play podcast he basically was Mm -hmm. like i want to do like a twitch stream but i don't want to do twitch stream so he started playing pokemon blue and just recording it and um Actually, I think he started with Katamari on the PSP. But anyway, he was just playing games and recording it. And it's just, you know, you you hear the game. And if you have nostalgia for the game, you get that hit. But it's also just listening to a person talk and and kind of hearing where their mind goes and stuff was really entertaining to me. Um, And then there's another podcast called No One Can Know About This, which does um, Final Fantasy. They're playing all the Final Fantasy games. But they're like... They're like the glam rock version of of Daniel K's punk rock show because theirs is super produced and they actually play the game together and record them playing it and then edit it down and then commentate over it. So it's kind of like like a documentary like of them. Their own playthrough. Yes, yes, okay. exactly. Yeah. And it's it's fantastic, but a very different aesthetic to what to what Daniel K does. And mm. um, now there's like a dozen audio only let's play podcasts out there. And, and most of them we've managed to corral together into this discord. So we all like talk and share ideas and stuff. Um, but yeah, the, my show started out just kind of playing random game boy games. And then occasionally I would do a switch game. But then as I started getting more involved with geek to geek and kind of semi doing journalistic things in the video game space, I started getting access mm-hmm. to a bunch of switch games and um, playing them on the podcast made for a nice way to um, kind of get first impressions out about a game. And for some games that I haven't given access to, that's that's all I end up doing is, is I'll do an episode or two of the podcast. And then ones that get their hooks in me a little more, I'll then go and write a review about them over on Geek2Geek. But that's, it, it's, the power playthroughs is still a probably work 
production, but I, I recently said it's it's kind of like a, a cousin to geek to geek Media Network. Like, it's not actually part of the network, but it's, like, almost part of the network because a lot of the games I play on there I'm only getting access to because like of geek to geek you can trace the family tree. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> it's, it's a child of both houses right now. Um, okay. But, yeah, that's, that's given me uh, the opportunity to play a lot of, like, new Switch games that are coming out, which is really fun to do. Um, it's weird having to deal with embargoes. Like, I'm getting games before they come out, and sometimes they're like, go nuts, talk about it. And I'm like, okay, cool, because I, as you're probably hearing right now, I talk a lot and my brain sometimes doesn't keep up with what my mouth is saying. So then it's hard when they're oh, like, God. okay, here's a game, but you're not allowed to talk about it. And I'm like, okay, that's a little tougher for me. So I have to try and be disciplined. Just stay away from recording devices until the embargo's <laughs> Yeah, so that's, that's a little tougher, but it's really fun. I, yeah. I really like reviewing games because I end up looking at them very differently. I, I, I've always been analytical of media I consume, but playing a game thinking about reviewing it makes me play it very differently. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. It's given me a different perspective on that stuff. And it's given me a chance to play a lot of like smaller titles that wouldn't have necessarily caught my eye as much. Um, Aerial Knights Never Yield just came out last week. And that one caught my eye when it was in an Indie World showcase recently. And it, it would have caught my eye anyway, because it's, it's a beautiful game and has a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But realizing like, oh, I want to talk about this. Like, I want to write about this on the website made me get invested in that really quickly, which ended up leading to me to get to interview the creator of that game, which was something that I never thought I'd be able to do, but was really fun. So much fun. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm like going like, are there other indie games coming up that I'm excited for? There's there's a couple I've got my oh eye my on God, that I'm like... The indie community is amazing. Yeah. I highly recommend diving into the indie community. It, it sounds like you are. Yeah, there's there's a couple going. that I'm it like... so great. I'm I and I'm like I'm, I'm, maybe maybe they'll be nice and do an interview with me when when they're not horribly busy. That's the thing about indie developers is I'm like I know you don't have time now, so I'm not even gonna mention it until like there's a release date set because I know that's when you can mm-hmm. start to breathe a little bit. But I'm I'm hoping that yeah that might become like a regular thing on the power playthroughs is getting to talk to some of the people who make the games that I love to play. Yeah, we can point so you in the direction fun. of a few good people. Yeah. It's yeah, so I know. I've heard a couple of you guys have done. It's, yeah, oh, it's it's super their fun. Excitement is amazing. Yeah, it's just yeah, so much fun. It's infectious because when you hear what how passionate they are about this thing that they're creating, if you don't have that passion behind it, why are you doing it? So, <laughs> it would be ridiculous if these people are just like, yeah, I'm making a game. Like, have you ever watched? There was a documentary. I don't remember what it was called, but the guy who created Fez. He just yeah, it's just called I, Indie Game. I, Indie Game the movie, I yeah. think, is is what it's called. Oh yeah. I don't know all the details. I know they kind of chronicled it, but he looked like he was just so stressed about yeah. this game, and I was like, dude, if you're not lo- loving this, man, then it's I, there that, had to be a passion behind it. I was that, sure yeah. there's, there's going to be those moments though where it's like, oh my god, <laughs> I think <laughs> oh, that as much passion as I have. That guy in particular, what I've heard about him during and then after the game came out, it sounds like he was a very passionate guy who gained a level of fame that he wasn't really, like, ready for or necessarily interested in. And that kind of... Wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I I think he's, like... I don't think he touches video games anymore, if if I remember right. I think he just, like, quit and left social media and left the video game industry. And, like, yeah. Kind of a sad... Well, we're a tough group, yeah, gamers. I think he, he he fed the trolls on Twitter and it destroyed him a little bit, it sounds like. Right. Yeah. From what I've heard, this is all, like, I haven't researched it, but 
That, yeah, but I mean, I could believe it. It's a reasonable working theory. Yeah. <laughs> Just from other stories in the past. The ones I'm really looking so, I mean, forward to right now are, uh, there's a game called Skatebird coming up. That's an indie game. Um, that it, It's like Tony Hawk, but you're a little bird. And it looks mm-hmm. adorable. And I've talked to the developer of that a little bit on Twitter and on Discord. And she's delightful. And so... I'm putting it out in the universe. I would love to interview her when when the time comes about. It would be super cool. There we um, go. There's a game called Lightbringer that's looking really cool. That's kind of a Zelda-ish platformer that's being made by a team in Poland, I want to say. Um, that, again, the developers seem super, super passionate about. And then uh, Sports Story. Have y'all played Golf Story on the Switch? No. I need more Switch games, honestly. Golf Story is one of my favorite games on the switch it's it is it is the mario golf rpg from the game boy advance just like leveled up to the switch era so it is it is a golfing game but it's also a role-playing game so like you're going through a world and helping people with tasks like helping people find a a frisbee that they lost and you have to bring it back to them but then like instead of a boss fight at the end of each area you play a round of golf and if you win that tournament then you get to move on to the next area and it is the most charming and delightful game and i absolutely love it and they're working now on golf story uh yeah and they're working on sports story which is just that concept expanded out to a whole bunch more things that was supposed to come out last year and they ended up delaying it because they're like this game got way bigger than we were planning on and so we need more time to make this game happen but they again it seems like just a really passionate group of people and they i think uh got success they didn't expect with golf story and from from what I've seen, the very little they've shown about sports stories so far, it looks like they really brought, turned that success inwards and were like, okay, now let's do something bigger with this. And so I'm really hopeful for that one. That's that's one of the things I'm hoping gets announced at E3 is, is a date for that because I'm really excited Ooh, that about would be, it. Oh, see, okay. See, now we got to buckle in for that. I like <laughs> RPGs, and even if it's something like like fun like this it's, i'm like I it's a great it. <laughs> it's a great delightful 2d golf game that happens to have like a wonderful story for full of charming characters and it's all like like pixel art like it looks like it could fit on the game boy advance it's it's beautiful i want now i want and then he said <laughs> pixel art i'm like i'm in i'm yeah. in let's do it so obviously you've mentioned you're streaming on twitch how long have you been doing that so i started streaming on twitch about four years ago i think and was doing it semi-regularly because um my working position was such that uh my wife was going to school in one city and i was working in another city and we were fortunate enough to have a housing situation a bit available to us in both so she would stay where her school was and i would come down during the week to work and then go back up like thursday or friday night so we were together on the weekends but during the week I was in a house by myself and needed something to do to fill the time. And so I started streaming um, and was streaming pretty regularly when that was the case. But then about two years ago now, that situation changed and I basically stopped streaming because I was able to hang out with my wife all the time. Um, And then now as our kids started to have a regular sleep schedule, um, I started looking for ways to stream more. And at first it was just doing like when I had a new game to check out, I would fire up twitch and you know maybe have one or two people come in um while i was recording but i my podcast episodes i try to go for like half an hour for the power playthroughs usually um Mm -hmm. so the way twitch works as we were discussing that discoverability earlier no one's gonna find you if you're online for half an hour sporadically throughout the week um right and then now with us doing resident evil we're doing that semi-nightly like not quite every night but um 
couple nights a week. But again, there's no set schedule. It's kind of, you know, if the kid falls asleep and we feel like getting scared, then we'll fire it up. We've played sure. four times so far, um, but we're enjoying it. And I think we plan on keep playing it that way. And we've had two or three people hanging out during it. So it's, it's Twitch is not like a viable thing for me as far as like, I'm trying to make a business out of it or anything. Just fine. Yeah and, yeah. and that's the way that I've always looked at Twitch is that it feels like when I used to hang out with friends playing video games and one person would mm-hmm. be playing while everyone else was just sitting on the couch making jokes about it. And that's kind of what Twitch feels like. And so like if if I'm streaming and no one's hanging out, it's a little bit of a bummer. If I've got yeah. one person hanging out, it's kind of fun. But really the sweet spot for me is like, I don't want more than five people. If more than five people are chatting at me in Twitch. Five or six is kind of a good sweet yeah, spot. Then, yeah, then it's like <laughs> trying to keep up with what's happening in the game and what's happening in the chat. Like I've got a, a buddy, my friend, Mr. Scoot. He used to be a roommate of mine. Now he's on Twitch. He's partner. He streams and has like a hundred people or more chatting at him all the time. I'm like, how do you even process? Like I, like I said, pretty bad ADHD. I'm it good at multitasking. And even then I'm like, that's too much information. So, so yeah, if, if you may not catch everything in the game, yeah. it's just going to happen. You've got to decide who you want to be. You want to be paying attention to chat yeah. or that. I have no idea. Most of the time, most of the story of any game I ever streamed. Right. If I've got, if I've got four or five people <laughs> hanging out regularly, I would be delighted, which is about where I was when I was doing it before. Is that like every stream I'd have four mm-hmm. or five people chatting and it's, that's, that's the, that's the right pacing for me. So Twitch is, is fun, but it's, it's a weird beast. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably, I, I think tomorrow, um, if all goes well, me and a buddy are going to try and stream all of Halo ODST. Um, my wife was going to be out of town, which is why I scheduled this. Now she's not going to be out of town, but she's like, you can still go play your dumb video game. So I think, Aww. I think we're going to try to do that. So I might have like a six hour stream tomorrow. Who knows? Which I guess that's that'd be today for this, right? This is coming out tomorrow. So today, yeah. Hey, in, in real life, if you're looking th- or listening to this, look me up on Twitch. I might go. be online playing Halo right now. There, there you go. go. Unless you're listening to it on like Tuesday or Wednesday, you missed it. Then you, you can, can still go find him on Twitch. Twitch. You can follow him. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> still go look it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce around a little bit. Uh, I did because I was digging up. I was trying to dig up whatever I could <laughs> on you. And I'm I all dug over. Up your merch store, all sure. your designs, and I gotta say, you've got a lot of good ones on there that I really liked. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. Defenders in Time was good. Mm-hmm. Full of pie, and <laughs> I think the these last two. I'm going to shout out because I also want to kind of give you a little compliment on this. Socialism, it's a good thing. And I voted, parentheses, in a state with a predetermined result is fantastic. (laughs) And I give you props for not shying away from any kind of political stances in kind of a more public setting. Because, you know, some people are just like, I don't want to get political. I Yeah. So I started doing design stuff like in like 2000 three or something like that is when I first started trying to like, Hey, let's see if I can sell a couple t-shirts here and there. And, Mm -hmm. um, mostly it's just silly pop culture stuff. Mostly it's like mashup stuff, like taking two properties and sticking them together. Um, but it's just, it's, it's a fun, it it motivates me to finish my drawings and I don't make much Mm -hmm. money from those. Like I, I make, you know, 
$30 here and there a month or something like that. Like it's not a lot, but it's more about like, it motivates me to actually finish working on things, which like I said before, I have Mm -hmm. issues with, but I can't, I'm not going to go try and sell a half finished idea. So if I have an idea that I get halfway through, I start thinking, you know, could I put this up on Redbubble? Cause if I could, I should finish it. Um, and, and I do make, you know, like I said, 30 bucks here and there, which is fine. Like, Hey, that's great. Um, to dinner once a month or something right but the the political stuff i just you know the the predetermined result one i think i actually made in the 2012 election um i think oh wow i think that was way back then but then 2016 happened and i really decided that i didn't care about being quiet about my politics because a lot of people who had political ideas i disagreed with were being very loud about their politics and i felt like their politics were hurtful and so i decided Mm -hmm. i wasn't going to be shy about being loud about the fact that i think it's bad to be hurtful to people um so yeah i i just yeah i and you know it it may be that at some point that comes back to bite me in the ass and i like miss out on an opportunity but if like saying you know i i had i don't know if it's still my pin tweet but i had a thing that saying said being a social justice warrior is not a bad thing that means you are willing to fight for people's equality like that's good actually Mm -hmm. if that loses me an opportunity with someone i probably didn't want to be working with that person in the first place is kind of what i decided so Mm -hmm. yeah i i just decided to stop being quiet about some of those things and but I'm still not I mean, like, it's not like I, I, I would like to be the kind of person who had the time and the, the fortitude to like be out protesting every weekend and things. And I know I'm not that person. There's a lot of people doing that work that I respect the hell out of. But I, mm-hmm. what I decided I had the time and bandwidth for is just to like online, not be quiet about those things, especially I, I live in a very conservative area. So like in real life, I don't necessarily feel empowered to be very loud about those kind of things because like. I live in a very right-wing community that has a lot of guns and you know sometimes the idea of like going out on the streets and yelling for gay rights is a scary idea here and that sucks um and if i didn't have a wife and kid to be concerned about i would probably be out there doing that more often but yeah it's if i if i can't be as much of an activist as i would like to be in real life i at least want to be not feeling like i need to be stifled about it online Hey, that went in a weird, heavy direction. Sorry about that. No, no, no. How that's... conversations organically go, man. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, that's we don't do it a lot, but when when things need to be said, you know, we don't shy away from it either. We've talked about um, the Asian hate uh, mm-hmm. situation that was has been going on recently. I know we've talked about you know. Women being treated like garbage on Twitch, uh, gay rights, trans rights, things like that. That I feel like in the moment, if they need to be brought up, we're going to bring them up. And we've yeah. we've definitely not shied away from our um, displeasure of one <laughs> big fat orange orangutan. Hey, hey, hey! Now, so there's nothing wrong with being fat. There's something wrong with being an evil, hateful bastard. If you'll excuse me. That's right. Me. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I've had a nice long break. <laughs> I don't so, look him up. Nothing. Yep. He's gone as far it's as great. I'm considered. Who? Who? Yeah. It is nice. You okay? Mentally <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Hi, great. Atticus. Children. <laughs> what are you wearing? This is Atticus. <laughs> yeah, that's Hi, the Atticus. <laughs> You're wearing a swim diaper <laughs> and rain boots. <laughs> Aw. 
hi. I'm I was ready. gonna wear that later today. He's very happy. Did he pick this out? No. Or did she just his room? Okay. <laughs> You're <laughs> he's stomping around in these rain boots. Can you not walk normal in them? Oh. Yeah, Daddy's got all kinds <laughs> of exciting like... stuff in here, huh? Okay, come on. <laughs> come on, buddy. He's Good ready. job, bud. <laughs> All the important stuff is ready. <laughs> oh, man. That was He's cute. such a goober. I love him. Sorry about that. <laughs> not a problem. Not nah, a problem. No we get it. I was looking around just a minute ago because I heard a weird sound outside. And I'm like, I think that's Becky laughing and not like being terrified about something that happened. I'm pretty sure that's a laugh. Apparently it was. <laughs> so last thing that I've got and Lace, if you've got anything, get your wheels running. Mm-hmm. Um, did you make a video game? <laughs> um, <laughs> did I read this correctly? I, I did well, I did I did make a video. I saw a download page for one um Just yeah so, so what is this video game so one of the people in the probably work network is named Arjuna Gonzalez um or that's their handle uh there he's a really cool guy um but he he's a video game developer like small scale works has worked on a couple projects and stuff um but he decided we should have a game jam and call it the we can make this work probably mm. game jam um, so this is, it's actually running right now. Um, it runs from, uh, April 20th, 420 to June 9th, 6, 9, um, to give everybody a nice amount of time to make a game. Um, and it's, it's very silly and low key. And we usually only have like three or four people contributing. Um, but yeah, we did it one year and I played some of the games from it and it was really fun. And then, um, I, I started looking at the game maker program cause I picked it up from a humble bundle at some point. So I just had it sitting there. And so last year during the Probably Work Game Jam, um, our kid was small enough that he was still mostly doing a lot of sleeping and um, work was slow because because 2020. And so I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and make a video game. And what it started as is I was just following some tutorials on how to make a top-down shooter. And um, the tutorial had taught me how to do a thing where your enemy gets smaller as you shoot them so like to show that they're that th- instead of a health bar they get progressively smaller and i was like that's a fun mm-hmm. idea but what if they got bigger and then i ended up developing this game where it's a top-down shooter where you're a little pod and you're shooting uh escape pods basically at a colony to send people over to that colony i don't know what the plot of this game is i guess maybe your <laughs> pod is like breeding clones or something and then depositing them at the colony but what can happen is as the colony gets bigger and bigger eventually it becomes overpopulated and it becomes unstable and so then it turns red and it like wobbles around the screen and then if it gets hit again it explodes and sends po- escape pods out to other colonies and so i just started making this we were, we were staying at my parents house because this was early in lockdown and we were trying to you know we, we were like, all right, if we're all going to be locked down, like, let's go to my parents' house. So it was my parents, um, my brother was there for part of it and his family, and my cousin was there, and then us. And I started just making this game and, like, sharing it with them. And it was such a fun experience to be like, all right, I did some updates, and I'd set it up, and we'd all take turns playing it, trying to get high scores and stuff. And I, I don't know that I will ever have the bandwidth or energy to make a game again. I want to. I have on my YouTube several bookmarks of different... Uh, developing programs that like I have tutorials for them. I'm like, maybe one day I'm going to sit down and learn unity just, just for the heck of it. But it's, you know, it's a little game that I made that it's out there. You can yeah. go onto itch and download it and play it. It's called density crisis. And the, the, the uh, ability to sit down and watch people play with a thing that I created and 
figure out how it worked is like one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. So I'd love to do it again, but it does take a huge amount of time and focus to, to pull that off. So, but it was, yeah, yeah. I made, I've made it. I am a video game developer. Technically. There you That's go. Right. Indie game dev. <laughs> we've yes. seen, we've seen that, that look, uh, in, in indie developers eyes when we're discovering their game and it's, yeah. it's a thrill. So I can only imagine what it is like to be on the other side of that, because if we can it, yeah. see it, if we can feel it, then they, I mean, you have to be ecstatic. It, it's it, beyond it is, words. Like as a person who has always been creative, like, like my, I, I've always said that like my life's goal is just to be able to make a living off my creativity, which I kind of do right now. My day job affords me a lot of creativity, which I really appreciate. But as somebody who's always like aimed for that, seeing people, I, I've always done drawings. Like I've always drawn, like as a kid, I would draw, you know, superheroes at when we were at restaurants and things like that. So I've always liked drawing and seeing people like be delighted by something I've drawn, but seeing people play a game that I made is a totally different experience because it is play. And that's, I have always liked playing. I mean, whether it's video games or board games or putting Legos together with my kid, like anything like that play is really fun to me. And so seeing people play with something i made was like mind-blowing now you're making me want to go make a video game i don't have time for this right now (laughs) (laughs) if i can just push another one out of you that would i mean here's the thing is i have ideas floating around in my head and so it does it wouldn't take a big push to get me there um Mm. I, if I if I won a very small lottery, if not not I'm talking not like millions, but if, if I won like thirty thousand dollars, I'd be like, forget my job, I'm gonna go make a video game. Like that's what I would do at that point. So, listen, if anyone wants to send me thirty thousand dollars, then you will be the executive producer of a game. What's I your make. Venmo? Let's get it. <laughs> hey, I've, I've always just wished I knew someone who could make a video game because I would hand them an idea and be like. I've got an idea. No. Here you go. You can make this game. See, I know lots of people, but they're all like, you want me to make your game? I got <laughs> my own to make. You yeah. know, it's like, okay, well, fine. If you want to be that way about it. Honestly, though, I, I mean, I'll, I'll throw out a pitch here for, for itch.io. If, if you are a person who has ideas for video games, but don't know how to develop and don't have the time to learn to develop, you should still be checking out itch because itch does game jams all the time. And that's like, the way that game jams works is it's a team working together to make a game. And usually mm-hmm. like the most common game jams are like a weekend or something. And I don't, I don't have the time for that, but there's a lot of ones like ours that are, that are longer periods. And a lot of times what you'll find on there is somebody who's like, Hey, I can do programming. Does it, is anybody in here able to do art assets? And sometimes they'll be like, I can do programming. Does anybody have an idea for a game that fits this theme? Cause most game jams will have some sort of a theme to go with them. So even mm-hmm. if you don't have the programming skills, if you've got an idea and some time, it, don't shy away from, from looking at itch because you might find somebody that you can partner with. And through doing that, they might be like, you know, cool. I can do the programming. Can you go find some music? And you might find that you like have an interest in doing a whole side of making games that you didn't know was even viable. There, there's a lot of cool stuff out there happening with, with itch and, and independent game development. So. Wonderful. Yeah. <clears throat> Lace, you got anything else for this man? Yeah, you wrapped it up. I was going to be like, we're not going to mention his game, but then, you know, (laughs) know, on the game podcast, but (laughs) because I was looking at that this morning. Well, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. I hope it's okay. We've kept you so long. They seem to be doing okay based on that intrusion. So (laughs) my kid's running around in rain boots and a swim diaper. Everything's fine. 
everything's gotta be turning up great right <laughs> well tell tell our lovely siblings where can we find you oh, where should we siblings. be following you at um the best thing to do is to follow me on twitter because i post about all my stuff on there you will also get some like left-wing socialist anti-capitalist bullshit on there too excuse me sorry i've been trying not to swear no, no, no. I've, I've mostly done <laughs> you a good can job. fucking <laughs> swear on this podcast <laughs> hey, i'm never sure you know i don't want to assume well no, no, we, we try to keep it pg-13 but you know sometimes it, we get we get agitated Depends on the topic yeah um yeah so yeah uh you'll see a lot of of I, I try not to be too overwhelming with political nonsense on Twitter, but that's where I post about most of the stuff mm-hmm. I'm doing is just at Trottle Power. There's also a uh, Twitter for the podcast if you just want to know when I have new podcast episodes and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And that Twitter handle, of course, is very easy to remember, TPPTPPTPWTP, which, of course, stands for Trottle Power Presents the Power Playthroughs Podcast with Trottle Power, the podcast where we play games in a powerful way. Um I skipped, and I'm your host, Trottle Power. But anyway, uh, so that has its own <laughs> thing. Um I'm uh, I'm on Discord all the time. That's like if you actually want to talk to me, Discord's oh, the place to do it. We have one for um, audio-only let's plays, and we also have one for the we can make this work probably not work. And I'm basically in one of those two things most of the time. And just probablywork.com is the website for that. Geek2geekmedia.com is the website for that. Um, if you go to trotlepower.carrd.co, it has. Everything oh, yeah, the all card. into one place. The car. I'm never sure how to say it, so I just spell it out. I don't know either. Because I want to say it like that. <laughs> say it like true. a pirate. Card. Um, card. <laughs> but yeah, and I think I have that linked from my Twitter. So Twitter's still, that's the, the I, place you to do. start. Okay, I oh, really good. I feel like that's where I first found it. I'm yeah, glad you've researched me better than I researched myself. <laughs> um, well, as usual, up... links will be in the descriptions <laughs> yeah, down below. there you go. There you go. But listen to my podcast. It's fun and ridiculous. And sometimes I play good games and a lot of times I play bad games. Someday I'll play more of the Animorphs Game Boy Color game, which is the worst video game I've ever played. But for some reason, (laughs) I feel like I should beat it. But entertaining to listen to nonetheless, whether you enjoyed the games or not that you go to. I'm saying don't shy away from it because of that. I almost did with the podcast or assemble because I like you. I was not into big monster movies. And Steven's telling me he's in this. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I like you. So I guess I should <laughs> listen to your stuff, right? See, and I was like, I you know that. what? It was still a lot of fun to listen to, not having seen the movies or have a care in the world to actually go back to, but listening to them all talk about it to me, cut together the way that it was, fun! Yeah. I, I that's that's the thing yeah. is with most of this kind of stuff, I'm interested in the personalities making the thing more than the thing itself. So I, I think that that is the value, especially of podcasts, because it is such a like um frank medium like like people can just talk about mm-hmm. whatever and so like f- for me personally you can go back and listen if you listen in order through the 230 some episodes of the power playthroughs podcast you will listen to me go from being like a husband who's kind of depressed because his wife is currently in another city than he is up to like finding out that he's gonna have a kid and then through the birth of my child i actually recorded an episode shortly after he was born where you can just hear in my voice that i am like dead tired and have no energy um so like yeah with you as a family right you can go on like a weird journey through through my like emotional levels through a whole bunch of changes in my life so there's there's something there that's beyond just hearing a video game i'd like to think it's beautiful the many facets that Mm -hmm. is (laughs) presents with troidal power I missed a bunch in there. I you think did. I did. It's, sure. it's <laughs> Troidal Power Presents, the Power Playthroughs yes. podcast with Troidal Power. I'm your host, Troidal Power, and this is the podcast where we play games in a powerful way. It's so simple. I don't there understand why no one can remember See? it. 
That's why I just say the power play I was going to say ours. You yeah, know. people say our name is complicated. I always want to add an extra adjective to yours. Like every time I try and say it, I stumble halfway through and I'm like, wait, is there an ultra or like a, this does that have 64 at the end? But I've been here how long? I don't know. Like, <laughs> you just, when I finally had to introduce it doing the podcast assemble, I'm like, what is the name of our show? <laughs> Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. Po- yeah, yeah, podcast. There we go. I got it. <laughs> Well, that's our show. We we're at like two hours. We're trying to be a little respectful this time there. But thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much for being on. This was so much fun. It's always great to talk to another fellow podcaster, fellow gamer. Go check them out on on the interwebs. As Stephen said, he'll have the links down below. Go check them out. But that's our show. You can hit us up sometime at Twitter at Super Mega Crash or send an email to supermegacrash at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram to view the weekly icon art that Stephen puts all of his time and love into. Uh, you can support the show by liking and leaving reviews on your preferred platform. And you can even go to patreon.com forward slash pencil and paper productions. You can tell your friends to find us on the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network or just search Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo found on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon, I don't know, wherever you want to listen to your podcast, you can find it there. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Lacey O'Finley. And I'm Stephen White. And you could join us again next time, Super Mega Crash Siblings. But until then, game on. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.